Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Miller 500. The field of 41 is rolled from the pit lane of Pocono Raceway. They're on the speedway now, completing, about to complete, the first of three pace laps before they turn them loose in this afternoon's Miller 500. 41 cars in the race today. Here's a look at the starting lineup. Darrell Waltrip will be starting 41st on a provisional starting spot. Hut Strickland gets in in a provisional spot. He wrecked his car in qualifying. He'll start 40th. Robert Presley starts 39th, also in on a provisional start. 38th starter, Greg Sachs. Jeff Green starts 37th. 36th, John Andretti. 35th will be Ernie Irvin. 34th, Ricky Craven. Dick Trickle starts 33rd. 32nd, Jeremy Mayfield. And Bobby Hamilton starts 31st. The 30th starter is Bobby Hillen with Dave Marcus going 29th. 28th starter, Ted Musgrave. The 27th spot is Wally Dallenbach. Kyle Petty will start 26th with Kenny Wallace going from the 25th spot. 24th is Michael Waltrip with Rick Mass starting 23rd. 22nd spot will be Ken Schrader and Terry Labonte will go from 21st. And a former winner here at Pocono, Dale Jarrett starts 20th. Randy McDonald is 19th. 18th starter, Jimmy Spencer. Sterling Marlin will be starting 17th. Brett Bodine is 16th. 15th position belongs to Jeff Gordon. Starting 14th is Joe Nemechek. The 13th position belongs to Rusty Wallace. 12th will be Bill Elliott, and starting 11th is Lake Speed. Now the top 10. The 10th spot will belong to Derek Cope, who will go from there in his Ford with Jeff Burton starting 9th. Dale Earnhardt will roll from the 8th spot with Ricky Rudd starting in 7th. 6th spot will be Johnny Benson with Ward Burton going from 5th. 4th starter is Jeff Bodine. Starting 3rd today, Bobby Labonte. Good qualifying run for him. And on the front row, we heard from earlier Morgan Shepard on the outside in his Remington Arms Ford, and Mark Martin on the bush pole in the Valvoline Ford at 168.410 miles per hour. Now, Dick Trickle will have to drop to the back of the pack on this pace lap. Trickle crashed in practice after qualifying yesterday. The Heilig Myers team having to roll out a backup car, so Trickle will fall to the tail end of the field, and he will start shotgun today, effectively, though he is lined up presently in the 33rd position, as the field is about uh, one and a half laps through the three pace laps they'll make today. It's going to be interesting to watch some of the stronger cars that are starting way back toward the tail end of the field also, Ted Musgrave has run extremely well here at Pocono over the years. Bobby Hamilton had some great practice speeds. He feels like he can get to the front of the pack in a hurry, although he'll start all the way back in 31st position. And Ernie Irvin, the most recent winner, starts back there toward the tail end of the field also. Bobby Labonte starting in that third position today, racing for charity once again in the Wicks Charity Challenge. Wicks Filters donating $1 to the United Way for each lap that Bobby completes during the 1996 NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Over $4,000 raised so far. We'll update you on the total at the end of today. Today's race. From outdoor care to home and auto repair. 
Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Pace car with a field in tow, or pace truck, I should say, has the field in tow as they bring them out of turn number four. There's two distinct groups as they get ready for pit road uh, speeds that will be coming up here, kind of getting the pace down there as to what they'll make those pit stops at a little bit later. Let's take a swing around Pocono International Raceway right now. One of the longest straightaways in racing is here at Pocono, 3,740 feet, and they really wind them out as they head down toward turn number one. Not much banking down there to catch the cars, and having a bird's-eye view of it is Joe Moore. Thanks, Barney. That's exactly the problem that Morgan Shepard referred to earlier in our broadcast when he said that uh, turn one was a trouble spot for him. It is for a lot of drivers. You're trying to woe the car down coming to the end of this long straightaway where you've really got it wound up. Again, as you said, there's no banking practically here to hold the car down. So if it's not set up perfectly through here, you can lose a lot of time. Then exiting turn number one, going down this long pond stretch. Again, the secret there, getting a good jump to hit that stretch and get a good run going down into turn number two. Weather conditions out here, outstanding. Unusual for July in Pocono. The temperature again in the low 70s. Winds maybe 20 miles an hour, but it's perfect for racing today. Field will exit turn number one and go down the second longest of the three straightaways at this racetrack, known as the Long Pond Straightaway for the town in which the Speedway resides, Long Pond, Pennsylvania. 3,055 feet there to the corner many call the toughest single corner in all of NASCAR Winston Cup racing. Turn two or the tunnel turn. Kurt Becker of Altamont, Illinois is there. And Alan, if uh, there's not much banking over in turn one, we can tell you that turn two is even flatter, only eight degrees. That means we will expect to see the cars get right down to the inside coming through this turn right next to the rumble strips which border the turn down next to the inside lane. When they come off the turn, the outside wall hooks around to stare the drivers right in the face. That's one of the reasons this is one of the toughest turns anywhere on this racetrack. And then the field moves down the short chute, 1,780 feet, into the view of Fred Armstrong of Portland, Oregon. You're going to get the job done. You're going to gonna have to do it quick here in this short straightaway. As they exit turn number two, some of the drivers will break out of the draft and scramble for position, but they're going to have to get back in line quickly. This is the flattest corner here at Pocono. If you get out of line at the top of the banking, you could lose quick positions in a big hurry. We're here on top of a platform, right on top of a billboard with a panoramic view of turn three. Got to get off turn number three well to get down this long main straightaway. Now the pace truck is off the speedway on the backstretch where he will go. The field under the command of Bush pole sitter Mark Martin. We are now ready for the start of the Miller 500. Down to the line, green flag in the air, and on the break, Mark Martin takes off. He'll get out front and try to get single file into the number one corner. Morgan Shepard's going to tuck in right behind him as they scramble from third place on back in turn one. Shepard falls back in line of the second spot. The race for third momentarily coming to turn one. That's where Bobby Labonte tries to get underneath Jeff Bodine. He'll be unsuccessful in doing that. Bodine hangs on to third, Labonte in fourth, and here's Ward Burton now going for the fourth spot. He's the first car to step out of line. Ward Burton works the inside lane of the racetrack, now tucks back in line behind Bobby Labonte. So Ward Burton will ride in the fifth position. Everyone straightens out single file behind him as they work their way off of the tunnel turn and onto the short shoot. Single file draft down the short straightaway. Everybody stays in line in the top 15 cars. Nobody breaks out of the draft as they enter turn number three. Mark Martin give him three car lengths as he enters the turn and heads back to the start-finish line. Bill Elliott got way wide in the first corner that lap lost about four or five positions, but has managed to get back in line. Down to the stripe they come. Mark Martin leading lap one by a healthy margin now. 15 car lengths or so on Morgan Shepard. The race back for about the sixth spot. Dale Earnhardt trying to draft out of the inside of Johnny Benson. 
He's getting a little bit of help from Ricky Rudd. Both cars going down to the inside lane to try to get by Benson. Earnhardt will clear Benson's car coming into turn one. Now Ricky Rudd left there to try to deal with him as they exit turn one. Ricky Rudd is running in the eighth position. He is down to the inside of the Johnny Benson car. Now traffic forming up behind either of those two drivers. Down to the inside is Derek Cope to try to push Ricky Rudd up the inside lane. Still, Rudd and Benson run side by side, still battling for the seventh spot. Cope and Rudd working on Benson down the short straightaway. Benson hung out to dry on the outside of the racetrack. Side by side with Rudd. They'll race into turn number three. Give Ricky Rudd the edge on the entrance of the corner. Benson is forced up high in the third turn. That's a hot scramble between Ricky Rudd and John. Trouble Benson. up in turn number three. Jimmy Spencer loses traction, slams the outside wall. And now one other car slides to the outside and slams the wall. It's Bobby Hamilton hard into the corner. Daryl Waltrip also caught up in the melee down here in turn number three along with Jeff Green. Caution is on the speedway. It will come out at the end of the first lap. And again, trouble happened up there. Three cars into the wall. Let's go back for a report. Jimmy Spencer started it. He got out of control just on the entrance of turn number three. Everybody else just had to check up to get out of the way. Right now, all four cars have pulled off the corner. There's a little fluid and debris on the outside of the racetrack. Tough break for Daryl Waltrip, Bobby Hamilton, and Jeff Green. Caught up in the aftermath of Jimmy Spencer spinning around there. Bobby Hamilton, well, I, in fact, all four cars now will drive away and the STP Pontiac very very used up for Bobby Hamilton he got that one on all four corners we are under caution for the first time in the Miller 500 after a four car accident in turn number three on lap two involving Jimmy Spencer then afterwards collecting Bobby Hamilton Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Green Hamilton and Green have taken their cars to the garage Darrell Waltrip has stayed on the speedway while Jimmy Spencer is on the pit road in front of Winston Kelly just a little bit of damage to the left side of the automobile the roof flaps are partially deployed on the car, not all the way up in the air. They're banging out the sheet metal on the left rear of the car. They're pulling out some sheet metal in front of the left front tire as well. Jimmy Spencer should be able to continue this afternoon. And the Bobby Hamilton car has been pushed through the pit wall. They're working on it. Let's see if we can get a report there. And they've got extensive damage on both the front and the rear end of the automobile. It is venting all sorts of fluid. Looks as though the radiator is certainly uh, done in as Robbie Loomis and the boys try and assess the situation. And now pushing the car even further into the depths of the garage area. And we'll get a further update from Bobby Hamilton as to exactly what happened in just a moment. The Miller 500 under caution early here at Pocono Raceway after four cars got together in turn number four, begun when Jimmy Spencer spun around, collecting in the aftermath Bobby Hamilton, Jeff Green, and Darrell Waltrip. Spencer and Waltrip continuing on the speedway, while Hamilton and Jeff Green have gone to the garage. We go back to Eli Gold. Bobby Hamilton, the Miller 500 is just the Miller 4-miler for you. What in the world happened? I seen Spencer get loose up there or whatever, and he, you know, I don't know if somebody tagged him or whatever, but we all had it cleared, and I waved from the tunnel turn all the way into that last turn down there that something was going on because they was packed up. And John Andretti just running there from 10 car lengths back and running over me. I tell you, the guy can't see. He just can't see. Bobby Hamilton with, as you can expect, some rather strong emotions here in the garage. His day apparently done just four miles into the race. Kind of hard to swallow when you got a race car that you feel like can run in the top five and maybe even have a shot to win and only make a couple of laps and have to take it back to the garage area. Very frustrating for Bobby Hamilton. Jeff Green has also gone to the garage as a result of this crash. Need to kind of back up a minute to the pace laps and update you that uh, four or five cars stopped to top off the fuel tanks on the pace laps. Dick Trickle, Robert Presley, Darrell Waltrip, Greg Sachs, 
and Hutt Strickland, all starting toward the tail end of the field, came in, topped off the fuel tank. That may be important because fuel mileage often does play into the decision in the race here at Pocono. If you can squeeze 40 laps out of a tank of fuel here at this racetrack, you can make it a four-stop race where a lot of it to go into green like it did back in June. So that uh, extra, what, uh, eighth of a gallon or fuel, tenth of a gallon, whatever it might have been that they needed to run that one or two pace laps might become a factor later on. And you start playing your cards uh, real close from the opening gun, and that's exactly what they did. Jimmy Spencer's down and away. He's going back onto the racetrack. Right now, let's check in with Jim Phillips. Joe Nibichek stopped at Barney. It was simply a chance adjustment on his part. They took a spring rubber from the left rear and made took one round of wedge out of the right side, so evidently his car was uh, too tight, so they made that chassis adjustment, and you pointed out during the break that he'd lost several positions. And here in the garage area, Jeff Green is doing the same thing Bobby Hamilton was, surveying a terribly beat-up race car after just four miles. What did you see out there? I seen smoke, Eli. I don't know, they all, I don't know what happened up there. Uh, it's a bad deal. We just I was just trying to ride around and, and get things strung out, but... Uh, not doing very good at this Winston Cup racing. It seemed not to be me right now, but we're working on it, and uh, it's a bad deal. We just wanted to come up here and get some time and, and have a good finish, but it's not today. So the racing for kids entry that was here in June, now in the garage, but they are working on it rather feverishly. So apparently, with the exception of just some front-end damage, which seems to be somewhat cosmetic, they hope to get the car back in for some laps if possible. Well, Jeff Green here to gain experience. He's not gaining any of it sitting back in the garage. Any laps they can get him on the racetrack will be of help to him and more toward accomplishing their goal for this weekend. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford from fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Today's broadcast of the Miller 500 brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Pocono Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Darrell Waltrip's car took a hard shot to the rear end of the car. It has caved in a lot of sheet metal damage back there, and as Alan pointed out, he stayed on the racetrack, so it didn't take long to get a yellow flag here at Pocono. This is a very critical racetrack. You don't have, it looks like uh, particularly up in turn number three, if you go in there, you could almost, the drivers will say, if you could just take your hand and push the car real hard, you're so close on the edge, you could spin it out and end up in the wall. It's, in fact, all the turns here are that critical, really. It is a very difficult racetrack, very, very tricky, not much margin for error, and if you do hit, you're going to hit something real hard, a very fast racetrack in addition, and that is what the drivers face for the next uh, 490 miles or so. And fellas, you were talking about Darrell Waltrip. He has now brought the Parts America West an auto machine to the garage as well and you and I talked before the race you said starting back here in 37th there could be problems and he kind of predicted it. Well yeah but you wouldn't expect to get hit from a rear. <laughs> I, was, I was already in the rear and I didn't expect to get hit from a rear but whatever happened up there and you know everybody slowed down I was slowing down I think the 14 car got into me real hard and that's what got me in trouble. Is it fixable? No we're gonna it's it broke the frame it hit so hard. Darrell Waltrip done for the day.
Green flag is back out as they head off into turn number one, and immediately they get down to business. A challenge for second place in turn one. Jeff Bodine there on the inside of Morgan Shepard trying to clear Shepard's forward coming into the corner. He hasn't quite done it yet, but that race continues for second. They're side by side off turn one. Jeff Bodine and Morgan Shepard drag race all the way down the Long Pond Straight. Now Jeff Bodine gets in front of him. Morgan Shepard ducks right back to the inside. Now gets back in line, so put Shepard back into third. Now he's got another challenge forming up behind him in the form of Dale Earnhardt's car. Earnhardt looks to the inside with his Chevrolet, but stays in line as they motor down the short straightaway heading into turn number three. Meanwhile, Mark Martin pulls away again, giving him about four car lengths as he enters the flat turn. Dale Earnhardt started in the eighth position in just a couple of laps of green flag competition. He is now up to fourth. Off the final corner, down to the start-finish line, completing the eighth lap of 200. In today's race, Mark Martin, five car lengths on Jeff Bodine, another couple on Morgan Shepard, then Dale Earnhardt feeling some heat from behind from Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte riding along in fifth, trying to get some ground down to the inside of Earnhardt. Earnhardt not allowing that to happen. Further back, Johnny Benson also putting some pressure on the car just ahead of him. That's the race for six. Benson's trying to get around Ward Burton. For now, though, they will stay single file. In fact, everyone through the first 25 cars all single file for this run down the Long Pond Straight. Here's the race leader now, Mark Martin's red, white, and blue Ford diving down into turn number two. He sets sail off the corner. Shuffling off the tunnel turn, down the short straightaway. Bobby Labonte breaks out of the draft for just a moment. Looking to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Doesn't make the move. They all stay single file as they enter turn number three. Getting ready to spill back out on this long front straightaway and head off into turn number one. There are a dozen cars up in the lead pack. Rusty Wallace will be the 13th place car. And Rusty, just before that accident came out, was knocking him off one by one. And he lost some ground once the caution flag came out there a moment ago. He's got a real strong race car. Ernie Irvin has also picked up a few positions as he works his way to the front. The leader's back in one. Single file once again, marching back down in the corner. The only challenge is, looks like possibly Morgan Shepard trying to hold off Dale Earnhardt. That's a race for third. And right behind him, still Ward Burton looking to try to get around Bobby Labonte. Earnhardt takes a quick look to the inside of Morgan Shepard, then gets back in line in that battle for the third spot. Likewise for Ward Burton, he thought about a move inside of Bobby Labonte, but he thought better of it. For now, he just stays in line on the short straight. Mark Martin steamrolls his way off turn number two, heading down the short straightaway into turn number three. This time, nobody breaks out of line in the top ten as they race into the corner. Martin leads by five car lengths. At Pocono Raceway, Mark Martin leads the field off the third and final corner, down to the start-finish line, completing lap number 12 of 200. Mark has about a ten-car length lead on Jeff Bodine. Bodine has opened up a pretty good distance on Morgan Shepard in third, but they're stacked up behind Shepard back to about the ninth spot. One of those battles going on is where Earnhardt's trying to get underneath Bobby Labonte for the fifth spot. Further back, you've got Johnny Benson and Ricky Rudd. They're racing side-by-side. Side. And even further back, you've got Derek Cope and Lake Speed. Their own battle going on further back in the pack. One car that just stepped out of line was Ward Burton. He's trying to find a way to get around Dale Earnhardt. Now Earnhardt peeks to the inside of Bobby Labonte. Those cars riding from fifth on back behind them. Ricky Rudd now has moved up into the seventh spot. Stacking up for the third position down the short straightaway. Bobby Labonte takes a look to the inside of Morgan Shepard. Everybody holds position for the time being. Lake Speed breaks out of the draft. He'll dive down to the inside of the racetrack. Put Derek Cope back one spot in turn three. Big breakaway at the front of the field. An advantage of better than two seconds between Mark Martin, the leader, and the third place car, Morgan Shepard right now. Shepard's got his hands full with Bobby Labonte, Dale Earnhardt trying to close in there also along with Ricky Rudd and Johnny Benson. 
and also from Lake Speed on back. That's been a pretty good tussle around the racetrack for the last four circuits around. They're back in one. Here they come back into the corner. Everybody hugging the inside line. Lake Speed gets back in line after getting by Derek Cope. Behind them now, it's Dale Jarrett and Ken Schrader. They've got a side-by-side -side race going on, headed to turn two. That's the battle for the 14th spot on the racetrack as Jarrett works to the inside of Ken Schrader. They stay side-by-side, -side, coming all the way off the end of the long pond straight. Now they work their way, still riding door-to-door, -door, right around the bottom of turn number two. Dale Jarrett starts to move by. Dale Jarrett gets a position. Ken Schrader drops back in line. Now Jeff Gordon's on the move. Moves to the middle of the racetrack, and Sterling Marlin tries to make it three wide down the straightaway. Marlin does get by Gordon as he races into turn three. Jeff Gordon has only made a couple of positions movement toward the front in the first uh, 13 laps of this race. Gordon right now sitting back in traffic around the 16th position. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Start finish line, the hot race still for the third position. Morgan Shepard there, Ricky Rudd going to be the one to break out a line a little deeper in that group. Rudd looks down on the inside. This time he will get up alongside Ward Burton just enough to get by and pick off the position. So give Ricky Rudd one more spot further back. That race going on now. Derek Cope and Lake Speed, they're doing battle off turn one. Now they straighten out nose to tail. Now here comes a move down the long pond straight, this time from Rusty Wallace. He's trying to clear the Bill Elliott car, not able to get by. Meanwhile, checking Ricky Rudd's progress. He now all the way up to the sixth spot in the running order. Sandwiched in a group of about five cars now as they rumble down the short straightaway, heading to turn number three. Bobby Labonte taking a look to the inside of Morgan Shepard. Can't make the move. Drops back in line. Kind of watching Rusty Wallace do about the same thing he did here when we were here earlier this year in June. He's picking them off one by one. It's taking him a while to get up there, but almost every time he can get within a half a car length of somebody, within two or three laps, he'll get around. He's working on Bill Elliott right now. Got a very solid race car. Jeff Gordon, too, has a very strong race car. Joe Moore, that thing has looked real good in the turns. Gordon's been picking off positions in the turns where most of the guys will go single file. Gordon able to step out of line, make passes at will. He just got by a teammate, Ken Schrader. Gordon now shut the door, closing in on Sterling Marlin, the next man in line. Gordon all the way up now to the 16th position. Here comes the battle for 12th. That's where Bill Elliott still sits just in front of Rusty Wallace. Coming down into turn number two, Wallace peeks to the inside, runs out of racetrack, now gets back up in the line. Rusty Wallace Cranks up the black forward off turn number two. Down the short straightaway, heading into the third corner, but Bill Elliott is strong. They'll stay single file and hold position as they race into the turn. Change now for the seventh spot as Ward Burton loses a position. Johnny Benson moves around him after Ricky Rudd got by a lap ago. So resetting the front of the field. Mark Martin first, Jeff Bodine second, Morgan Shepard third, Bobby Labonte is fourth. Now Dale Earnhardt is fifth with Ricky Rudd in sixth. He's not going to stay there for long. He's going to challenge Earnhardt. Rudd looks down to the inside as they come to the end of the front straightaway, but Earnhardt takes the end side lane before Rudd can get there, so he'll hold him off for now. So they stay single file. Johnny Vincent stacked up behind him with Ward Burton and Lake Speed in tow. Everyone stays single file back to the first 11 cars. Then that battle for 12th heats up one more time. This time, Rusty Wallace gets by underneath Bill Elliott's car. Now that opens the lane for Dale Jarrett. So Rusty Wallace moves to 12th. Dale Jarrett now moves up into 13th. Leaders scramble down into turn number three. Meanwhile, Johnny Vincent's on the move. He moves to the inside of Ricky Rudd. Side by 
high side down the straightaway, but Rudd squeezes back in line as they head into turn three. Benson having a good run here this afternoon. He's adapted to this racetrack very well. His Pontiac very strong as he comes off turn number three and spills back into the straightaway. The interval between first and third, which is from the leader, Mark Martin, again, back to Morgan Shepherds, even bigger than it was a moment ago. Joe Moore, the front two, really pulling away. Getting into a completely different zip code as those two move away. Still from third on back, though, you've got about eight or nine cars stacked up nose to tail pretty much. Morgan Shepard takes it wide this time off turn one. Bobby Labonte looked out of the inside for the opportunity, but he wasn't close enough. They continue working single file down the long pond stretch. For now, Ford's run one, two, three. Bobby Labonte is the first Chevrolet in line. He rides in the fourth spot. He's trying to track down Morgan Shepard. He follows him back out of turn number two. Single file, everybody rumbles off the second turn down the short straightaway. Ricky Rudd getting a bit itchy. Looked to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Went back in line now as he heads down the straightaway and into turn number three. Race leader Mark Martin with about a one-second lead on Jeff Bodine. From there, it is three and one-half seconds. Back to Morgan Shepard in third, Bobby Labonte in fourth, and Ricky Rudd in fifth, though Rudd is on the move, trying to get fourth away from Labonte in turn one. Rudd dives down to the inside of Labonte Chevrolet. He'll clear him and pick up the position coming down to turn one. All Bobby can do is fall back in line as he looks back. He sees Johnny Benson now starting to close it on him from that position. Checking further back, Lake Speed running right at the tail end of the top ten. He's in the tenth spot. Meanwhile, Dale Jarrett has moved up one more spot into 11th. He cleared Derek Cope in order to do that. And now here's Jarrett tucked right up behind Lake Speed's back bumper as they work back off of turn two. Jarrett draws a beat on speed as they exit the tunnel turn and head down the straightaway. Those two cars stacked up behind Dale Earnhardt. Now Dale Jarrett breaks out of the draft to the outside of the racetrack but gets blocked by Lake Speed. He moves down to the inside as well. That's where the good racing's going on. A little further back in the pack at the front of the field right now. Mark Martin beginning to pull away a little bit from Jeff Bodine. Jeff has been able to stay within 10 or 12 car lengths of the leader Mark Martin, but that's the only car out there that can get anywhere near him right now. Scramble now for about fifth place is back in turn number one. It's Johnny Benson trying to get by Bobby Labonte. He dropped down to the inside lane, tried to pull up alongside Labonte before they got to turn one, but wasn't quite able to do that. So he'll fall back in line in the sixth position. That's the way they'll race nose to tail off turn one. Here comes the battle for the tenth spot. It's the first side-by-side battle on the racetrack. Dale Jarrett looks to the inside of Lake Speed. They ride door-to-door. This going on just behind Dale Earnhardt. Derek Cope almost stacked him up three wide. Now here's Jarrett. He moves by to 10th. Cope to 11th. Ernie Irvin goes to 12th. Ernie Irvin on the moves. He swings down to the inside of the racetrack. Off the tunnel turn. Now down the short straightaway. Draws a bead on Derek Cope. Derek Cope defends to the inside. Lake Speed sits behind the two. And Johnny Benson has gotten around Bobby Labonte to move himself up into the sixth position, kicking Labonte back to seventh. Dale Earnhardt lost about three, four positions in the last couple of laps. Jim Phillips, what's the Goodwrench team saying? I talked to David Smith. He said uh, Dale's car is getting a little bit loose, and they'll uh, tighten him up on the first pit stop, which should be around lap 35. And Winston Kelly want to go back and follow up on that accident on lap two involving Jimmy Spencer. Spencer stayed on the racetrack, so never got the chance to hear what happened. Uh, let's uh, check in with Donnie Wingo and the crew. Well, Donnie Wingo just calling out some of the times to his driver, Jimmy Spencer. Donnie, how about the damage on the car? What is it? Yeah, bit the left front up pretty good. Bent the track bar in the shock. But other than that, we'll try to set the toe if we get a caution or something. That's the word from Donnie Wingo. They're going to leave him on the track. He hit the turn, the wall pretty much flush, so the damage all the way down the side with the toe in offset on the camel forward. Not the case for uh, three other drivers who went to the garage area in that accident. Bobby Hamilton, Jeff Green, and Darrell Waltrip, if you joined our broadcast late, those three cars still in the garage. 
24 laps on the scoreboard here at the Pocono International Raceway in the Miller 500 as the front two go back to turn one. Here's the battle now for the third spot. Ricky Rudd gets the lane down to the inside of Morgan Shepard. A drag race to the end of the front straightaway, but Rudd hasn't cleared him yet. Shepard's strong on the outside groups. As a matter of fact, Morgan's going to hold him off as he exit turn one. Ricky Rudd now backs away, checks up, gets back up behind Morgan Shepard's back bumper and fades back in to the fourth spot. Now Rudd's got a challenge coming up from behind. He's got Johnny Benson who continues to close in on him. All that traffic works back off the tunnel turn. Morgan Shepard feeling the heat from Ricky Rudd down the short straightaway heading into the third turn. Rudd stays in line. Morgan Shepard drives it out to the outside wall. Now dives down to the bottom of the racetrack. No time for Rudd to make the move. We mentioned uh, Dale Earnhardt losing several spots. Bobby Labonte has just lost several positions in the last lap around. Johnny Benson got by. Then Ward Burton, Jeff Burton, Dale Jarrett, and Ernie Irvin all went by. Dropping Bobby out of the top ten. How about Ernie Irvin? 35th to 10th in 25 laps of this race after getting into victory lane a week ago at New Hampshire. Field is in one. Here they come back into the corner. The battle for third shapes up again with Ricky Rudd looking to the inside of Morgan Shepard. Further back, Ernie Irvin now falling in line behind teammate Dale Jarrett. That battle begins to form up for the eighth spot off turn one. Now they ride nose to tail. Jarrett just in front of Ernie Irvin's car. Derek Cope is getting antsy. He steps out of line. This would be the battle back around the 11th spot. That's where Dale Earnhardt has the position. Derek Cope took a look to the inside, not able to get by him. Cope looks to the inside as they exit turn number two, now heading down the short chute. Cope breaks out of the draft, side by side with Earnhardt as they race into turn number three. Earnhardt is strong down the straightaway, but Cope is stronger. He'll grab the position of the way on the entrance of the turn. Derek's had some good runs in the last four or five weeks. He just hasn't had any luck to come up with the good finishes. The car has been very capable of getting to the front, but they've had more than their share of bad luck. But he's working his way up toward the front of the pack right now. 26 laps on the board as Ricky Rudd's car continues to be very solid. I believe Eli Gold has been around his pit area. They should be fairly happy with his run. Richard Broom is here. What's Ricky saying about the car? Well, basically, he's not saying nothing right now. He says a little loose. But we're going to work right on the pit stop, make it a little better for him. And remember here five weeks ago, they came home in second. That was their best finish of the year. So Ricky Rudd doing just fine now, 26 laps in. We've talked about several guys back in the pack working their way toward the front. But let us not forget the two gentlemen who have been out in front since the drop of the green flag. 5.43 seconds, the distance between leader Mark Martin and third place Morgan Shepard. Jeff Bodine right in the middle of the two, about 10 car lengths off Martin's back bumper. And that is the way they run now as the leader comes across to start finish line to complete lap 30 of 200 in the race. Bobby Labonte just made a very early pit stop in this event after falling back by about 10 positions in the last five laps of the race. Winston Kelly, he brought the Interstate Batteries car down the pit lane at lap 30. They did. They changed right side rubber. The report earlier is the car was very loose. Jimmy Maycar, a very early pit stop. What's the situation? Well, the car started going away really quick on him, and he was afraid he had a right rear flat, so we didn't want to take any chances, and uh, the car was awful good at the start. We figured we'd come in a little early here, make sure it wasn't flat, and uh, make a little adjustment and get back out and race. That's the word from Jimmy Maycar as Kenny Wallace comes down pit road in front of Eli Gold. And the Square D crew is going to make a two-tire change. They don't know what the problem was regarding some fluid from the car earlier. Kenny says all of the gauges look good. Two cans 
of fuel going in. Kenny keeps that car wound up. They've got the right side tires changed right now. They're waiting for the right front to complete all of their work, and he's down and away. Kenny Wallace down and away going back onto the racetrack, and we're seeing some of these pit stops come a little bit earlier than we normally would, but if you're losing positions as fast as both these cars were out there, you got nothing to lose, go ahead and get in the pits. 31 laps are on the board, and we should see some more coming up in the next 10 or 12 laps for sure. Bobby Labonte was able to stay on the lead lap in making his stop, though Kenny Wallace did lose one lap, so Wallace going down a lap while Bobby Labonte stays on the tail end of the lead lap. He's not that far in front of race leader Mark Martin. Well, Ricky Rudd is tried and tried and tried to find a way around Morgan Shepard for that third spot about the last 10 laps around here, but Fred Armstrong, he's not been able to quite hook it up. No, he's been trying. He dives to the inside of the racetrack, but he hasn't been. He's been out in clean air. He hasn't had anybody to go along with him. He's hoping perhaps that Johnny Benson will hook up with him and go by, but so far, Morgan Shepard's been able to hold them both off. The other guy that's really on the move, Barney, is Ernie Irvin. He got around Ward Burton and teammate Dale Jarrett. So now Ernie Irvin running just outside of the top five. Again, I point out after starting way back in the 35th position. Now we're just at lap 32 and he has worked his way all the way up into the sixth position. So a great run for Irvin last weekend's winner. Well, I'll tell you that momentum from getting his first win after his accident up at Michigan a couple of years ago really pumped him up and he's got a car today to get the job done and he is going to the front and in a hurry. 32 laps are on the scoreboard. A lot of cars really having trouble out there. We'll welcome that first round of pit stops. Rick Mast is one of those. Rick has fallen all the way back toward the tail end of the field. I believe he's showing about 35th position right now. And his car way off the pace. Here's John Andretti diving onto pit road, making his pit stop. Let's cover it. The crew going to work now on the right side of the purple Ford Thunderbird. It has a car jacked up on the right side. Terry Wooten does. Barney Boyd puts in that first can of Unical gasoline. Now they wheel around to the left side of the car. Wooten cranks it up. Darrell Andrews putting the tires in place for both of the tire changers. It'll be a routine four-tire stop, a couple of rounds of wedge in the left rear of the car. Word from Johnny Benson's pit. He should be in next five rounds. Brett Bodine also in for a stop, as is Randy McDonald. Let's cover those. Routine stops for Brett Bodine. Here's Randy McDonald in. Right side tires for McDonald. Put a first can of Unical Gasoline to the end. The Wood Brothers are up on the pit wall, waiting on Michael Waltrip here on lap 33. And here comes uh, Waltrip's sit-go forward. He swings into the pits, and they go to work on the right side. That's the indication that it's going to be only a two-tire stop. There's no left-side tires up on the wall as yet. They change the right-side tires. A round of wedge goes out of Michael Walton's car. Second can of Unical gasoline is in. So two tires and gasoline for Michael Waltrip. Here comes the race leader, Mark Martin, down to the start-finish line, about to lap Bobby Labonte. So Labonte's efforts to stay on the tail end of the lead lap will come up short at this point. Martin will pass him by as Michael Waltrip comes off the pit lane. Farther back, Ernie Irvin going to go after Johnny Benson for the fifth position as that group of cards heads down towards turn one. Here's Irvin now dropping down to the lower lane at the end of the front straightaway. He does get up alongside Benson's Pontiac. The drag race is on right square in the middle of turn one. Irvin gets a good bite off the corner. He'll get by. Dale Jarrett tries to follow through as well. Ernie Irvin moves up into the top five now in the running order, kicking Johnny Benson's Pontiac back to sixth with Dale Jarrett's Ford. Riding in seventh just behind them, Jarrett has ideas of going to the inside of Johnny Benson. He's yet to start the run. Stay single file for the time being as he races off the corner. Now here's Jarrett to the inside of the racetrack. Benson on the high side. Jarrett gets the bike down the straightaway and gets the position on the entrance of turn number three. Dale Jarrett having a good solid run, but pit stops are going to be coming up for just about everybody very shortly. Rick Mast will be 
be the next one to dive onto pit road. We just talked about how far back he had dropped. Johnny Benson off the pace out of turn number three. He will bring his car to the attention of his crew. Here comes Rusty Wallace in, along with about four or five other cars. Jeff Burton is in the pack of cars heading onto pit road. Sterling Marlin and Lake Speed. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. Jeff ben Johnny Benson's crew now changing right side rubber on the car. Bill Tucker pumping in the second can. A Unical gasoline on the Pennzoil Pontiac. It's going to be a two-tire stop there. 12.29 seconds. Now up pit road to Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace is in. Lake Speed is in. Sterling Marlin is in. Right side tires for all three of these teams. Jeff Burton is in. It is Exide Batteries Ford. Rusty Wallace's crew is changing all four tires. And now the Marlin team swings around to the left side. Only two tires for Lake Speed. Only two tires for Jeff Burton. Rusty Wallace is down and away in 19.7 seconds. Here's the leader on pit road. Mark Martin comes in, followed by Jeff Bodine. Morgan Shepard is in. Ernie Irvin will bring his car in. So is Dale Jarrett, Ricky Rudd, and Ward Burton. We'll follow some of those stops. Let's go down to Eli Gold. Kenny Schrader's been in right side tires for him. Jeff Bodine is in. Morgan Shepard peels in directly in front of us. Here comes Ricky Rudd. All of these stops at lap 36. Ward Burton is in. So far, right side tires all the way around. Nobody making a move to the left side, and it'll be just right. So let's go to Jim Phillips. Derek Cope is in. The leader, Mark Martin, is in. It's going to be a four-tire stop for Martin. Dale Earnhardt is in. They're going to make a chassis adjustment on the Goodrich Chevrolet. It's going to be a track bar adjustment. Martin is down and away with his four tires. Bill Elliott is in. Earnhardt's crew swing around the left side. Dale Jarrett's work is done. Wally Dallenbach is in the pits and they're changing right side tires on his Ford. It was two tires for Ernie Irvin in 13.62 seconds. Jeremy Mayfield got two tires along with Ricky Craven. As Hutch Strickland came down pit road, he was a little bit too hot beyond his pit stall and he spun the car, was nose first into the pits, so they had to back him up and change the tires on his car as Jeff Gordon now brings a DuPont Chevrolet down pit road. Gordon was the leader for lap 37. He leads it on the pit lane, so Jeff Gordon will get his five bonus points for leading this race. Now as he comes down the pit lane, Terry Labonte will also follow him in. These stops at lap 36. Let us go down and cover Gordon's stop, and he's in front of Eli Gold. And it looks as though it'll be four tires the way he is parked, and indeed it is. So this Hendrick team taking on four tires on the DuPont entry. They're putting in the fuel. Meanwhile, Terry Labonte's on pit road up near turn one. Terry Labonte's crew changing right side tires. It's going to be only two tires for Terry Labonte, and he's going to beat Jeff Gordon out of the pits. Now, we told you earlier when we first came on the air, we'd probably see a lot of two-tire changes today, and about half of those guys that were in just a moment ago did change only two, and several changed four tires. Greg Sachs has just made a stop for gasoline and tires. That hands the lead to Joe Nemechek in the Burger King car, who also topped off his fuel tank after making a stop earlier in the race on lap five. So now Nemechek and Jimmy Spencer, the top two drivers in the race, followed by Jeff Bodine, the first of those kind of on the same sequence of pit stops with the race leader. Bodine winning the race off the pit lane by a fairly healthy margin, right now running third on the racetrack after the stops at lap number 40. So as we continue to circulate around, and wait for the cycle of pit stops to end. Take a minute, say hello to Kevin Murray, the general manager of the Miller Brewing Company's North Atlantic Market area. Of course, Miller sponsoring today's Miller 500, just part of their large motorsports involvement in NASCAR. Good to see you. Yes, good to see you again. It's uh, certainly a great day here at Pocono, USA. Uh, it's beautiful weather. We have a lot of customers out here having a super time. And, of course, Miller are very much involved in NASCAR racing in many different ways, including their sponsorship of this race and Rusty Wallace's team. Oh, absolutely. Rusty's been a great 
great driver for us for a number of years, and uh, he's going to be with us for a few more years. And uh, we're real excited to be associated with NASCAR. The fans are just great. A lot of customers and business associates here today? Yes, we do. They've been here for the weekend, and uh, we've been having a ball going out to some bars and taverns, doing a little promotions, and having a good time. Kevin, we appreciate you coming by and your sponsorship of the race. Have a fine afternoon. Great. Thank you very much. Kevin Murray, general manager of the Miller Brewing Company's North Atlantic Market Area, the sponsors of today's Miller 500 at Pocono. Well, Joe Nimichek has just given up the lead and brings his car to the attention of his pit crew down in front of Jim Phillips. Well, he stopped on lap three, Barney. They made a chassis adjustment and filled it up with gasoline, so he's right on schedule, and it looks like they're going to make another chassis adjustment right now on the right side. One round of wedge in, and they change the right side tires. At this point, there's no indication it's going to be a left tire, uh, tire change, and they don't do it. Uh, there's an, an official's holding uh, Je Joe Nemechek for a few seconds, and we'll find out what that penalty is about. Meanwhile, there's about to be a challenge for the lead. Jeff Bodine has chased down Jimmy Spencer up in turn three. Took a look to the outside there, Barney, but Jimmy Spencer covered the spot well, so Bodine drops back in line. Spencer stopped in at lap number three. Now he will peel off the racetrack, so actually Jimmy Spencer won't even, in fact, lead a lap. Jeff Bodine will come across the start-finish line before Spencer will. Jeff Bodine will lead at lap 42, so put Bodine out in front. The man who's led more laps at this racetrack than any other, though Joe Moore, he's got some company chasing him down from behind. It is Mark Martin, the man who was leading before that uh, last round of pit stops. Martin now within several car lengths of Jeff O'Dine, now clearing a lap car in his path. Now he's had his eyes set on the lead as he heads to turn two. As strong as Ernie Urban has been this afternoon so far, Mark Martin cleared his car a couple of laps ago with uh, seeming ease at that point. Now that he got by Urban, he has just cleared the lap car of Dave Marcus. Now he's got his sights set back on the race leader. Down the short straightaway, heading into turn number three. Mark Martin, foot to the floor, flat out into the corner. Jeff Bodine loses a little bit of ground, making about one car length. He makes up on him as he heads into turn number three. Very long pit stop for Jimmy Spencer. He's finally down and away. Dick Trickle also on the pit road will go back onto the racetrack as here comes the leader down to the start-finish line. It is Jeff Bodine ahead by some five car lengths on Mark Martin. Set the field for you now, just past the 100-mile mark. Jeff Bodine leading Mark Martin. Ernie Irvin is now third with Johnny Benson up to fourth and Morgan Shepard in fifth. Sixth position will belong to Ricky Rudd. Seventh to Dale Jarrett, eighth to Ward Burton, ninth was Dick Trickle just before he stopped with Rusty Wallace in 10th. 11th is Lake Speed, Jeff Burton is 12th, Derek Cope 13th, Jeff Gordon is 14th, and 15th position is Kyle Petty. 16th is Terry Labonte, 17th belongs to Michael Waltrip, 18th is Dale Earnhardt, 19th is Jeremy Mayfield, 20th is Sterling Marlin, Ken Schrader's 21st, 22nd belongs to Ricky Craven, Bobby Hillen is 23rd, Ted Musgrave 24th, and Bobby Labonte 25th, 26th is Greg Sachs, 27th belongs to Wally Dallenbach. Kenny Wallace is 28th. Brett Bodine, 29th. John Andretti is 30th. Bill Elliott's 31st. 32nd position belongs to Robert Presley. 33rd is Joni Macek. 34th position is uh, Jimmy Spencer. 35th now. One lap down goes to Dave Marcus. Rick Mast is 36th. Randy McDonald is 37th. Hutch Strickland is two laps down in 38th. And in the garage area at this point are Darrell Waltrip, Bobby Hamilton, and Jeff Green. That's the full field rundown just past the 100-mile mark. Mark Martin just put a move on going through the tunnel turn a moment ago. In between there and turn number three, he grabbed the lead away. He's heading over into turn one. Mark Martin shows the way, getting by the lap car of Dick Trickle, but he's still got Jeff Bodine riding along right behind him in second. Now those two right nose to tail down to the inside of Dick Trickle's car, putting him perhaps another lap down. Trickle is stubborn up in the outside lane. Now finally, Mark Martin gets by, and Jeff Bodine comes with him. Mark Martin making it look all too easy in the early going here. Just 
a lap ago as he slipped off the tunnel turn. He just eased to the inside of the racetrack and shot on by Jeff Bodine, who tries to hang on to his draft now as they enter turn number three. So we've seen a wide variety of pit strategies already in the first set of stops. Lots of two-tire stops, though some gave up track position for four tires. Also saw a lot of cars in well before lap 40, Barney, so that means this will not be a four-tire, four-pit stop race if the thing were to go green from start to finish on behalf of a lot of teams are going to at least set themselves up for a five-stop race. Yeah, you start playing out your fuel strategy, as we pointed out, even before the fourth or fifth lap came up in the race, but you kind of play it by ear as it goes along. Usually from about the halfway point on is when they really start maybe taking some gambles or a lot of real strong pit strategy comes into play, so to speak. Mark Martin back out in front after leading the first 36 laps of the event. After losing the advantage on a pit stop, he has now bypassed Jeff Bodine at lap 46 and at lap 49. Leads Bodine, Ernie Irvin, Johnny Benson, and Morgan Shepard. That is the top five now, lap 49 of 200 in today's race. Mark Martin's once sizable lead is seeming to shrink now that he has gotten into some lap traffic and Ernie Irvin is beginning to chase him down. Mark, the race leader now, working his way off of turn number one and headed down the long pond straightaway. Here comes Mark Martin's red, white, and blue Ford setting up for the entry into the tunnel turn. Right now, he's got about seven or eight car lengths on Ernie Irvin, who has just gotten around the lapped car of Robert Presley. They work back off the corner. Coming off the corner, down the straightaway, heading into turn number three. Ernie Irvin, slowly but surely, eating away that lead advantage of Mark Martin. Here they come into the corner. Give Mark Martin about five car lengths as they race through turn three. There is a new leader in the Miller 500. It happened about a half a lap ago up in turn two and it was quite breathtaking. Ernie Urban made the move down to the inside of Mark Martin. When Urban made the move, Martin checked up off the throttle, went very wide in the corner, way up out of the racing groove and Ernie Urban went by to take the lead. Here's Ernie Urban down to the start finish line with about a 1.1 second lead on Mark Martin. Mark has a about a second and three quarters on Jeff Bodine. Dale Jarrett another one second back and a pretty good distance back to fourth uh, excuse me fifth and sixth place Johnny Benson and Ricky Rudd. Those two cars are nose to tail headed to one. Coming back into the corner Ricky Rudd looks to the inside of Johnny Benson. No opportunity to make a pass there. He'll fall back in line. We talked about that eighth place battle going on some 10 or 15 minutes ago between Rusty Wallace and Jeff Gordon since that time. Matter of fact just a few laps ago Gordon did make the move down to the inside. Picked up the eighth position dropping Rusty Wallace back to ninth. Leaders now across the tunnel turn, headed down the short chute. Everybody scrambling down the short straightaway. Mark Martin trying to make up some ground, but Ernie Irvin is strong. Tucks it down to the inside of the racetrack as Martin tries to track him down the straightaway. Mark Martin off turn number three, back into the straightaway. Meanwhile, Michael Waltrip brings his car to the attention of the Wood Brothers. Let's cover that stop. And the Wood Brothers changing right side tires. This is going to be four tire stop. First can of Unical gas lead is in. The second can is going in right now here on lap 69. So it's going to be four tires and gasoline for Michael. Michael Waltrip. Bobby Labonte also brings his car on pit road, and those pit stops that we predicted are occurring and will for the next few laps around as Bobby brings his car in in front of Winston Kelly. It's a very smooth stop, typical of Bobby Labonte. Jimmy Maycar cranks the car up on the right side. Vince Klein now preparing to hand the right rear tire in to John Wolf as they pull a spring rubber out of the rear of the car. Now Maycar wheels around to the left side. Doug Shack and Jeff Chandler changing the left side rubber on the car, putting that second can of Unical gasoline is Peter Jellin. This is a four-tire stop this time. There were two tires last time. Expect him to get four this time. 22.63 seconds. About to have a change for the third position off the final corner. Dale Jarrett is caught. Jeff Bodine trying to pin him in behind the lap car of Robert Presley. 
That's a dead heat at the start-finish line. Bodine by about six inches, but now they head behind traffic and cars coming off the pit lane down toward turn one. Here's a race for third coming to turn one. Dale Jarrett squeezes to the inside quickly, pitches off the lane before they get tied up in traffic coming off the pit lane. So Jarrett picks up the spot. Jeff Bodine, he'll fall in line behind him and follow him to turn two. Now Jarrett has to change lanes to get up to the high side to clear Bobby Labonte's lapped car. Now he's up behind Robert Presley's lapped car, so this time it is Jarrett who is trapped behind the slower traffic. That gives Jeff Bodine a chance to close in once again. Dale Jarrett feeling the heat from Jeff Bodine as they head down the straightaway and set up for turn number three. Dale Jarrett doesn't break out of line. He stays in behind Presley, content to be there for now. They'll tuck in line and stay single file through the turn. And for the moment, they're going to stay on the racetrack as Mark Martin makes a hard left turn and heads for Pitt Road right now. This would be a scheduled stop for Mark Martin. Ted Musgrave is also in the pits, and Bill Elliott was in just a few moments ago. Let's go down to Eli Gold. Here comes Dale Jarrett and Jeff Bodine just now getting to their pit stalls. Mike Ford jacking up that quality care Ford for Robert Gates Racing. Meanwhile, the QVC team going to work. Right side tires for both of those entrants right now. Pit board is out for Kenny Schrader. Now they're going around to the left side of both the Dale Jarrett and Jeff Bodine machines. And the leaders on pit road. Ernie Urban now comes to a very smooth stop. Cecil Tipton cranks the car up. Joey Knuckles working on that right front tire. Eric Horn on the right rear. Norman Koshimishu has the first can of gasoline in. Now they wheel around to the left side. Larry McReynolds told us this would be a four-tire stop. They took on two the first time. The leader's car still up on the left side, putting that final round of tires and Unical gasoline in. Johnny Benson in in front of him. He's getting four tires and gasoline. Ernie down to 24.81 seconds. New leader is Morgan Shepard, who has stayed on the racetrack to this point. So Shepard now out in front as he works his way down around the race course off the tunnel turn. He's got a pretty big distance on Joan Imachek, who also has yet to stop. So Morgan Shepard, the leader of those who have already made their stops. It looks like uh, coming up off the pit lane, Ricky Rudd is uh, going to be the man out in front now. We'll check on that in a minute, but it looks like he's going to be out in front of Mark Martin and then Ernie Irvin, followed by Dale Jarrett. So that should be the order of the car. Now here's Morgan Shepard making his stop. This would be lap 73 as he crosses the start-finish line and heads down toward the attention of, but make that lap 72 as he heads toward the attention of the Butch Mock team. Jerry Kennan and the boys now going to work. It'd be right side tires. The fuel is going in. Quickly they clean the windshield. All seems to be routine. One can of fuel thrown over the wall. The green, gold, and white clad crew now goes to the left side. Four tire change as they jack up that car in the air. Left side. Now NASCAR officials looking all around, making sure the lug nuts are in place. They squeal those Goodyear tires, and Morgan Shepard is away. Rusty Wallace, along with a few other cars, in front of Jim Phillips just a moment ago. Routine service for Wallace and his team at 18.5 seconds. Lake Speed was in with routine service. They put four uh, Goodyear Eagles on his board and it sent him back on the racetrack. Right now, the leader is Kyle Petty. Kyle will come down the pit lane as he completes lap 74 as the race leader. He will coast toward his crew down the pit lane with that 65-mile-an-hour speed limit while Mark Martin has just moved by Ricky Rudd. So Mark should take over the race lead as they cross the start-finish line the next lap around. Kyle Petty is in. Billy Woodruff leading the crew as they go to work on that Coors Light machine. They've got it jacked up on the right side. All seems to be routine. Let's see if they'll come around to the left side. They do. 
So again, a choice of strategies here. Some with two. Kyle's team going with four tires. Both cans of fuel are in. They work again on the left front. They wait for that work to be completed. A couple of lug nuts come off. There's a problem there. And now Kyle belatedly pulls away. Race leader Mark Martin got his hands full in some lap traffic in the tunnel turn. He works his way off the tunnel turn just behind the Brett Bodine car. Mark Martin boxed in as he heads down the straightaway. Looks to the outside. Looks to the inside. Can't get by Brett Bodine. Swings up to the top of the banking and now snaps it back down to the inside. Mark Martin still kind of boxed in as he exits turn three. Mark running in behind now. Jeff Burton's car. He's got Brett Bodine and Greg Sachs. They were racing side by side in front of him. Pretty tense moment there for the leader as he worked through the tunnel turn. Now Dale Jarrett takes third spot back away from Ernie Irvin or will at least try to on the bottom side of the racetrack at the entrance to turn one. Drag race coming into the corner of those two machines side by side. Irvin pinches it off down to the inside lane. He'll hold Dale Jarrett off. Let's see what happens off turn number one to the inside. Peaks Dale Jarrett for an opportunity. It's not presented. He'll fall back in line behind Irvin. Battled for third straightens out of the Long Pond straight. Now they are closing up quickly. Uh, not too far back from the Ricky Rudd car. They've got maybe 15 car lengths before that tandem will catch him as Ernie Irvin works back off the tunnel turn. This has been a fun one to watch as Ernie Irvin has been strong down the short straightaway but Dale Jarrett has been dominant in turn number three. Once again, Irvin opens it up to about a car length and a half down the straightaway. Now Jarrett tucks it down to the bottom of the racetrack. Coming off turn number three, Jarrett peeks to the inside. Both these cars kind of testing each other out more than anything else. Else. But while that's going on, Mark Martin has opened up a lot of daylight and put a lot of lap cars between himself and second and third place as he heads back into turn one. That scramble for second place, still a good one, is just going across the tunnel turn right now. Ernie Irvin holds on to it as Dale Jarrett keeps the heat on him all the way around. They're heading up to three. Chasing him down the short straightaway, heading into the third corner. Here's Irvin to the inside of the racetrack. Jarrett tucks it down lower as they race off the corner. Jarrett looks to the inside once again. But for now, we'll stay in line single file as Mark Martin tries to put Kenny Schrader a lap down at the start finish line the race leader ducking down to the inside of the 27th place machine he will race the Budweiser car there back off into turn one Mark Martin gets a good run coming into the turn and nose out in front but Schrader hanging tough for the time being now he will bypass Ken Schrader and put him a lap down Ricky Rudd the second place car now about 10 car lengths back he'll now have to deal with a lap car of Kenny Schrader and behind Rudd a couple of more lapped cars before we come to that third place battle which for the moment really isn't such a battle as Ernie Irvin holds down the third spot Dale Jarrett now kind of just fades away off his back bumper. He rides back and forth. We'll see how they deal with traffic, though, as they rep off turn number two down the short straightaway. Brett Bodine's car to the outside of the racetrack. Ernie Irvin's going to have to deal with him in turn number three. He tucks down to the inside of the racetrack. That's going to allow Dale Jarrett to draw up on him as they race off turn three and back across the start-finish line. And it seems like the harder these two race, the more distance Mark Martin puts on everyone else as he's across the start-finish line and heading back into turn number one. Now Ernie Irvin is going to have to move around the lap car of Brett Bodine as he swings down to the east end of the speedway. New second-place driver, Ernie Irvin, took it from Ricky Rudd on the short shoot a lap ago. Now Rudd may lose third. Here is Dale Jarrett diving down to the inside of Rudd on the front stretch as they head for one. Jarrett gets a great run on Ricky Rudd, taking an inside groove. He'll beat him down to the end of the front straightaway and pick off that third position. Ricky Rudd falls back in line, although off turn one. He peeks for a moment to the outside lane, sees no opportunity there. He falls back in line and fourth. All that traffic will straighten out and run single file. Here comes the race leader, Mark Martin's Ford, dives back 
back down into the tunnel turn, works his way around the bottom groove of the racetrack, swings out wide as he hits the short straight. Ernie Irvin beginning to move away from that battle for second now. Down the short straightaway, Dale Jarrett has gotten by Ricky Rudd, and Ernie Irvin begins to move away from Dale Jarrett, give him about 10 car lengths as they enter turn three. 87 laps are on the scoreboard. We're 13 laps away from the halfway point. Later on today, Barney and I will select the winner of their A Bestest Break of the Race Award. Whoever that we determine had the biggest break, good or bad, during today's Miller 500. We'll see $500 donated to a special charity in their name from Ray Bestis, the official brakes of NASCAR. Out on the speedway now, the battle beginning to tighten up for the fifth position. Jeff Bodine being closed in on by Morgan Shepard and Johnny Benson. They're in turn one. Shepard and Benson just getting around the slower car of Jeff Burton. Now they are within sight of Jeff Bodine. Here they come exiting turn number one, headed down to turn number two. Morgan Shepard is within striking distance. He's right up behind Jeff Bodine's car. Morgan Shepard is. A couple of Fords battling that spot. Then behind Shepard, there's a breakaway of some five to six car lengths before we come back to the car of Johnny Benson. All of that traffic works off of turn two. Jeff Bodine has company down the short straightaway as he swings to the outside. Lap cars on the inside of the racetrack as they set up for turn number three. Morgan Shepard peeks to the inside. Bodine gets to the corner first and holds position through turn three. That's been a good scramble around the last four or five laps. Looking a little further behind that, another good race going on would be back for about eighth or ninth position between Rusty Wallace and Jeff Gordon. Rusty's been trying to get around Jeff for the last seven or eight laps around. He's been underneath him. He's been on the outside. And Joe Moore, as they come down to you, Rusty just can't seem to find any way to get around Jeff Gordon's car. If you recall, Barney, that race has been going on since about the start of the event here this afternoon. They've been exchanging those positions several times and just uh, seem to like racing along with one another. Right now, Jeff Gordon does have the upper hand, but again, Rusty continues throwing about everything he's got at him. Right now, they are at the midpoint of the Long Pond Straight, working their way back down into the tunnel turn. For now, Rusty Wallace will continue to do what he's been doing for the last several laps, again, just following the tire tracks of Jeff Gordon's car. Jeff Gordon Chevrolet slips off turn number two down the short straightaway. Rusty Wallace falls in line of the black Ford behind. Rusty Wallace draws up behind about a half a car length separate him. Wallace looks to the inside, but Gordon covers the spot. 152.310 miles an hour. That is the average speed of the Miller 500 as we approach halfway. If that were to hold up for the rest of the distance, that would be a new record for NASCAR Winston Cup Series racing here at Pocono. Only one caution that coming out on lap number two when Jimmy Spencer spun around in turn number three, collected Bobby Hamilton, Darrell Waltrip, and Jeff Green. Other than that, we have gone caution-free the rest of the distance. Now at lap 93, the halfway point coming up shortly. At halfway, Gatorade, the official sports beverage of NASCAR, will pass out $10,000 to the eligible driver leading this race. That is the Gatorade Front Runner Award. We'll find out if Mark Martin is able to run out front for another 10 laps, or we'll have to pit before then and see if he's able to collect the 10 grand today. Seems like I remember Mark Martin winning $10,000 from Gatorade once before here for the Front Runner Award, and he may certainly do it again today if he keeps running like he is. 94 laps are on the board. Let's get a report out of Mark Martin's pit. Jim Phillips is down there. Well, with Steve Meal, he's uh, charting his times. Steve, is Mark's times on the clock been as consistent as he looks? Yeah, we're pretty good, but Ernie's car comes in in about 15 laps. That looks like the 88's got the deal figured out, too. So we're better on new tires, but Ernie and the 88 really come on us the second half of a stop. So we need to get a little bit tighter yet to go on and win this thing. Ernie's awful tough right now. You made any changes at all yet? Yeah, we uh, put a little wedge in the first stop and lowered the track by the next stop. We're going to put some spoil on them, try some scuffs this next go-round, because right now, after 15 or 20 laps, the 28 and the 88 are really coming. 
That's Steve Mayo, crew chief for Mark Martin. Right now, Mark Martin bypassing the entrance to the pit lane as John Andretti ducks down there for service. Kenny Wallace is also in. These stops coming at lap 95. Looking back at uh, my figures, Barney had Mark stopping at lap 36 and again at lap 71. So that is uh, 35 laps on stop. So he should be able to stay on the racetrack through and collect the halfway money before he has to come back in for another scheduled stop. Yeah, I think unless it's really critical for whatever reason that he would come in, certainly he's going to stay out there and get $10,000 from Gatorade. The fuel strategy, was they've been playing with it all afternoon. Some of the cars, as we talked about, if you've been with us all day long, came in even before we went under green to top off the fuel tank and uh, kind of make things play out in their favor. So far, hasn't been that big of a factor. i tell you something that's uh, really surprised me. You don't realize it until you have a lot of cautions at a race, which normally we'll have a few cautions. When all these stops are made under green, you really realize if you watch the different positions on that track how good, when you make a good pit stop, how much difference it makes, how much the field gets strung out, how much advantage you get, or how much you have to play catch-up. And a lot of teams today not been that quick on pit road, and it's cost them. A couple tenths of a second makes a lot of uh, racetrack distance, a lot of feet of racetrack when you get back out there. And if you lose a second on pit road, you could be 500 yards farther behind than you were when you came down the pit lane. So that pit work very critical, especially under these green flag stops. And that's about all we've had here today, being as only a couple of cars came in under the only caution on lap number two. While Mark Martin continues working his way around to try and collect the halfway money as he dusts off teammate Ted Musgrave through the tunnel turn. Ernie Irvin able to gobble up a little more racetrack now as the leaders in traffic headed down the short chute. Irvin gets stacked up behind Musgrave's car but now easily slips to the inside. The distance has shrunk between the leader and the second place Irvin as they race off three. Tell you what, Ernie Irvin has driven like a man possessed here this afternoon even from the green flag when it first came out today. He started knocking them off one by one and he, he didn't slow down. He didn't take his time at all so to speak. I mean he was determined to get up to the front of the field. Probably knew just how good a race car he had. He's back in turn one. He's within about seven car lengths of the race leader Mark Martin and gaining ground all the while through turn number one. Irvin drifts a little bit wide, now sees a slower car directly ahead. Randy McDonald comes into his sights. He goes by him and shuts the door now on Mark Martin. And here's Dale Jarrett. Now he's trying to get up and make that a three-way battle for the race lead. He also clears the Randy McDonald lapped car. Meanwhile, the leader sets sail back off the tunnel turn. Ernie Irvin is clearly the quickest car up in the top three now as he races off turn two down the short straightaway. A couple of lap machines out in front. Here they come at a turn number three. Down to the inside dives Mark Martin. He'll have to deal with Bill Elliott's car as they exit turn number three. Now with three laps to halfway, Mark Martin with just a couple of car lengths of a lead on Ernie Irvin. Down to the start-finish line. They flash across now, blasting off behind Bill Elliott's McDonald's Ford. Just ahead of them on the tail end of the lead lap in 22nd position, and Irvin continues to chop away at Mark Martin's lead. Irvin looks to the inside lane, coming to turn one. He actually goes a little bit lower on the racetrack than Martin does, putting the pressure in turn number one. Irvin's got the nose of his Ford down to the inside of Mark Martin. The drag race is on. Ford versus Ford. The battle for the lead works its way down the long pond straight just behind the slower car of Bill Elliott. They will close up on his back bumper into the tunnel turn, but first, Ernie Irvin will get by underneath Mark Martin, and he grabs the race lead. Ernie Irvin puts the exclamation point on that pass as he slips off turn number two and heads down the short straightaway. Ernie Irvin out in front now as he slips into turn number three, dives down to the inside and defends the low lane. Thank you.
About to come off turn number three and back into the front straightaway and underneath the start-finish line, Ernie Irvin hangs onto the lead as he comes down. He'll have one lap to go before he can pick up $10,000, and Mark Martin might just be watching ten grand fly out the window. They go back to turn one. Single file coming back to the end of the front straightaway. They'll still follow the lap car of Bill Elliott. Here's Irvin now, the race leader, barely a car length over the second-place car of Mark Martin. He's barely a car length over the third-place machine of Dale Jarrett. Those three will run nose to tail in that order. This time, once again, coming down toward the entry to turn number two. Although Dale Jarrett has thoughts of stepping to the inside of Mark Martin in what would be a battle for second. He gets back in line. Here's Ernie Irvin trying to clear the lap car of Bill Elliott. They almost touch. Get hung up off turn number two. Ernie Irvin does it now. Mark Martin slips to the inside and bypasses Irvin, as does Dale Jarrett. He draws alongside Ernie Irvin, but Mark Martin leads off turn number three. Ernie Irvin will slam the door shut on teammate Dale Jarrett in three, but off the corner they come down to the cross flags the signal at halfway and it is going to be mark martin who will lead at halfway and ten thousand dollars will go in his direction the gatorade front runner award here at pocono today that race for the lead not over yet they're back in one Irvin follows mark martin into the corner peeks for a little bit to the outside lane falls back in line single file and Irvin hangs on to the second spot he won't have the chance to make the move but now he looks back and sees his teammate dale jared right there behind him further back you got other cars stacked up all single file headed to turn Two. The three top cars in the running order have now cleared the lap car. All of them have the lap car of Bill Elliott. They are all in front of him. Here comes the battle for the lead off turn two. Ernie Irvin wants it back in a big way. Side by side, they'll drag race down the short straightaway. His teammate tucks in line. They pick up a draft and blow by Martin as they enter turn number three. And another new leader of the race, the 13th lead change among nine drivers. Dale Jarrett took it away from teammate Ernie Irvin. He did it on the long pond stretch headed toward the tunnel turn. Back at Pocono Raceway in Pennsylvania, just past halfway. Some late pit stops under this cycle. Ken Schrader and Joe Nemechek getting serviced out on pit road. While out on the racetrack, Dale Jarrett holds on to his advantage over Mark Martin. It is Jarrett now leading Martin by about one second as they work their way around the speedway. They've got some uh, pretty heavy lap traffic they're working in and among now as they're on the long pond stretch headed towards the tunnel turn. First of all, race leader Dale Jarrett is right behind Robert Presley's lapped car. He starts to take a look to the inside of him. Now here comes Mark Martin. He has cleared Wally Dahlenbach's lap car. Now he's got clear racetrack between himself and the leader. Jarrett working on the lap car of Presley down the straightaway as they headed to turn number three. He broke out of the draft, looked to the inside of Presley and then tucked back in line so he'll stay single file through the corner. At this point, Dale Jarrett, the race leader, still working that heavy lap traffic. He has Mark Martin now closing in in that traffic as they work through turn three under John Andretti's car. Coming off out onto the main straightaway now, Jarrett's lead chopped down to just a couple of car lengths. Apparently Steve Meal knew what he was talking about a little bit earlier when he, I guess, was talking to Jim Phillips down there about Dale Jarrett's car being that strong and also Ernie Irvin's car being very strong. It looked as though at one point it Mark might just dominate this race all day long. That's not been the case all of a sudden here after that last round of pit stops. Pretty good scramble for fourth, fifth, and sixth spots. Russ Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, and Jeff Gordon right behind Ken Schrader's car, who just went a lap down there, headed off to turn one. All runner nose to tail, following Schrader, coming back into turn number one. Now Schrader drifts up the banking just a tad. There's the opening to the inside. Rusty almost took advantage, but his car bobbled a little bit. Now it's going to be Rudd going after Rusty Wallace. Here's Rudd's car down to the inside lane of the racetrack. He tucks up right underneath Rusty Wallace's Ford. They ride side by side, checking to see which direction Jeff Gordon will go. He gets in behind Rudd. Now they both get around Rusty Wallace. 
Wallace. Rusty Wallace loses two positions. Now tries to take him back down the short straightaway as they race into turn number three. Nothing doing. Wallace stays in line. Everybody stays single file. They'll tuck down to the inside of the racetrack as Ricky Rudd leads that draft through turn three. Rusty's had a good solid race car all day. Just hasn't been able to get up in the front of the pack to see just how strong everybody else is. He's had to fight his way back from that lap traffic many, many times, but he's still got a car good enough to win here this afternoon. Uh, 300 miles have now been completed in the Miller 500 at Pocono Raceway. Dale Jarrett, the leader, but he's got lots of company in turn one. Here they come into the corner. Mark Martin is the company knocking on the door, trying to get by. Martin looks to the inside. They exit turn number one. They're dead even, headed down the long pond stretch. Drag race all the way down toward the entry to turn number two. Here's Mark Martin's car drawing up alongside of Dale Jarrett. Those Fords ride door to door. Now Martin squeezes around the front end of Dale Jarrett's car, and Mark Martin takes over the lead. And Dale Jarrett trying to get it back now as he races off the second corner down the short straightaway. They'll both swing to the outside of the racetrack. Jarrett losing track of Martin now as they enter the corner, putting back about a half a car length, but now he stabs back at Martin as they race through three. Seen a lot of passes made through the tunnel turn here this afternoon, and Alan Bestwick, as we've said a lot of times, you spent a lot of years over there broadcasting from that tunnel turn. It's a little give and take. If you're racing somebody hard in there and they get a fender underneath you going into that corner, it's not worth forcing the issue because if you're on the outside, you're going in the wall most of yeah. the time. You don't want to be in the outside of somebody going into that corner. I've seen a lot of guys with their hands full trying to come across there many a time, and it's a little better now that the track has been resurfaced. Guys say you're not as bad off as you used to be on the outside, but still not a very comfortable feeling if you're uh, on the outside and somebody's up underneath you trying to cross that corner. Let's set the field at lap uh, at mile 300, rather, lap 120. Mark Martin now the race leader again with Dale Jarrett second, Ernie Irvin third, Ricky Rudd fourth, and Jeff Gordon fifth. Rusty Wallace is in sixth. Morgan Shepard is seventh. Jeff Bodine is eighth. Johnny Benson ninth. And Lake Speed having a good top ten run today in the Spam car. He is in the tenth position. Eleventh is Derek Cope. Sterling Marlin is twelfth. Thirteenth is Jeremy Mayfield. Bobby Hillen is running fourteenth. And Michael Waltrip is fifteenth. Sixteenth is Terry Labonte. And seventeenth is Ricky Craven. Those are the cars on the lead lap. Eighteenth position is Wally Dallenbach with Ted Musgrave. Nineteenth. John Andretti. Twentieth. Ward Burton. Twenty-first. Twenty-second to uh, Dick Trickle. And Ken Schrader, 23rd. Bill Elliott is 24th. Kyle Petty is 25th. And Dale Earnhardt is 26th. After the car stalled on his pit stop back on lap number 102, Earnhardt is a lap down in 26th position. Brett Bodine is 27th. Greg Sachs, 28th. Kenny Wallace, 29th. Jimmy Spencer is 30th. Two laps down in 31st is Robert Presley. Bobby Labonte in 32nd. Joe Nemechek in 33rd. And Dave Marcus in 34th. Three laps down in 35th is Rick Mast. Four laps down in 36th is Randy McDonald. And now six laps down in 37th is Hutt Strickland. Jeff Burton, Bobby Hamilton, Darrell Waltrip, and Jeff Green are all behind the wall and in the garage at this point. And the average speed still a record, 154.014 miles an hour. That is the 300-mile rundown. Give you an idea just how strong the front two cars are. There are a full four seconds ahead of the third-place car, Ernie Irvin, for the moment, and that will translate to several hundred feet. It's a full 12 seconds now back to Ricky Rudd, who is in fourth position, and Rudd not making up any ground back there at all. So this field pretty well strung out for the moment in the Miller 500. Take a minute say hello to Rob King, the Vice President of Customer Development for Pepsi-Cola Company, the sponsor of yesterday's ARCA Series race here at Pocono and the official soft drink of Pocono Raceway and also of NASCAR. Good to see you here. Good a lot of Pepsi you. going through those grandstands today. I'm telling you, nothing like a beautiful day uh, with about 150,000 people uh, watching a great race and uh, enjoying a lot of Pepsi. Pepsi has had an ongoing promotion throughout the NASCAR season where they have picked a couple of uh, fans each week to be kind of the, the fan of the day, and I know that's gone over very positively 
popularly with a lot of folks. Yeah, in fact, uh, a little bit earlier today, we uh, awarded uh, uh, this week's prize, and uh, it seems that uh, all the tracks that we're involved with uh, where we run this promotion, it's, uh, it's a great, fl a great uh, fan pleaser. And yesterday's uh, Pepsi 400K here at uh, Pocono, pretty wild race. Tim Steele came out the winner. That was very enjoyable. Yeah, and he was uh, pumped up at the end of the race. He ran a great race, and uh, uh, fans really seemed to uh, enjoy it, and uh, we thought it was uh, we thought it was a great race. Rob, we appreciate Pepsi's involvement with the NASCAR racing, Pocono Raceway, and the, the event yesterday, and look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for coming by. Look forward to being involved for quite some time. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Rob King, the Vice President of Customer Development for the Pepsi-Cola Company, the official soft drink of both NASCAR and the Pocono Raceway, the sponsor of yesterday's ARCA Series race here, won by Tim Steele. Mark Martin about to get boxed in a little bit behind some lap traffic up in turn number three. Now he'll take the inside groove as they come back into the straightaway. That's Ricky Craven. He's trying to get underneath. Dale Jarrett hangs right with him. Still a long gap back to Ernie Irvin, but he's opened up a little bit of a, an advantage there as far as chasing him down. Joe Moore a moment ago, he was a full four seconds back. He's knocked maybe a couple of tenths off that. Chopping it down a little bit. Still the leaders racing among themselves. I've seen Dale Jarrett take a couple of shots at uh, Mark Martin, trying to get a lower groove to get by him. So far, it hasn't worked. Also keeping a close eye on the fourth place car, Ricky Rudd. They are spotting some smoke or something coming from the right front tire on his car, and there's some marks along the side of the car, the uh, door panel there, indicating maybe some grease or something along the side of Rudd's car. Right now, he's still in the fourth position, but uh, some problem obviously developing there in his tied forward. That is something that the NASCAR spotters around the racetrack are keeping an eye at. The report they're getting on that is coming from the guy right behind him, Jeff Gordon. So they have to check that very carefully before they might bring Ricky Rudd into the pit road. Let's uh, swing down to the tied pits. Eli Gold is over there. Richard Broom, any problems that Ricky Rudd is reporting to you? Yeah, they're saying that um, got a little thunder rub, and I think it's nothing, nothing to get worried about. So right now they're waiting and watching. Ricky, of course, showing himself in the top four. We were also standing and watching the Morgan Shepard team. He's been having another super run here today. Jerry Kennan and the boys coming here off a sixth place run just five weeks ago, and they've got themselves in good shape, but they're closing in before long on another pitch stop. For the moment, here's Mark off turn number four, and he has caught a big pack of traffic of about six or seven cars directly in front. Let's see what he does as he works his way back into turn number one, whether he'll elect to ride behind him for a moment or start knocking him off one by one. He'll go to work on him first to the outside of Rick Mast. Open up the lane there. Dale Jarrett will follow through. They'll both clear that machine, but there's five more lapped cars, or at least slower cars, directly ahead of the front two. Now they go wide. The two leaders do this time to get around the Greg Sachs lapped car. They put another lap on him. Now they close up within five car lengths of John Andretti's machine. And still Mark Martin and Dale Jarrett ride nose to tail through this traffic. John Andretti's car, the next one they'll have to deal with down the short straightaway as they headed to turn number three. They'll swing to the outside of the racetrack. Now Mark Martin sets his sights on Andretti. For the while, they'll tuck to the inside of the racetrack. They'll do the deed off turn three. Trying to stay in line as they come off the corner. One car breaking toward the bottom of the speedway and pit road. That is Bobby Hillen, who is running now as he heads for pit road in 15th position. John Andretti will go down to the race leader as Mark Martin sweeps to the bottom side of him in the main straightaway. Dale Earnhardt is on the pit road getting service. Here comes Terry Labonte, the top two drivers in the NASCAR Winston Cup standings. Not having a very good day today. Terry Labonte a lap down in 14th. Earnhardt a lap down in 20th. Let's cover their stops. Jim Phillips. Left side tires are just uh, went on for Dale Earnhardt. Bill Elliott went out just ahead of him. Earnhardt the last time I asked the crew what happened. They said they dropped the jack and the car just died completely out. They had to push it. He lost a lap. Terry Labonte is in. They're on the left side of his Chevrolet right now. Last 
lap 139 on the routine stop for Terry Labonte. And we're going to see more of the front runners on pit road here in the next few laps around as they swing out of turn number three and head back into the straightaway. Here will be Jeremy Mayfield making his pit stop right now. Jeremy's had a fairly decent run here today. He currently is 13th. And here is Dale Jarrett. Dale Jarrett dropping down off the racetrack at lap number 140 now. The second place car is in the pit, so he's going to stop before Mark Martin does. There goes my fuel mileage theory of a couple of minutes ago. Jarrett heading down to the attention of Todd Parrott and the crew. The signboard is out. Everybody's across the wall. Mike Ford will jack up that automobile. The gas going in. Steve Allen has that first can of gas sky high in the air. Right side tires are on. The fuel continues to go in. Everybody scampers around to the left side. Up it goes. Second can of fuel is going in. No chassis adjustment. All seems to be routine. Good quick stop for Dale Jarrett as he pulls away again at lap number 140. Jarrett is back on the speedway now, waiting for Mark Martin to come in. Here comes Bobby Hillen back around. Hillen had already been in once, so this is an unscheduled second trip down the pit lane for the Jasper Engines and Transmissions car. He is going to be lapped by race leader Mark Martin. Mark will stay on the speedway, sweep by the start-finish line. Here comes Ernie Irvin, who took over second when Jarrett pitted, down to the attention of his crew. Ricky Rudd, the fourth-place car, will also drop off the racetrack. Winston Kelly. Last in on lap 105, Ernie Irvin. Texaco crew working on the right side of the car. Joey Knuckles putting on that right front tire. He's already got that work done. Now he wheels around to the left side of the car. Cecil Tipton cranks it up. Further on down pit road. More drivers coming in for pit service. Ricky Rudd on pit road. And the crew going to work directly in front of us. One can of fuel is already in. They'll go just to the right side for Goodyear Radial Eagles. Away he goes. They get the last splash of fuel in. And Ricky Rudd is down and away right next door to Ricky's pit stall. The hood now going down on the Jasper team's machine. Mike Hillman and the boys on the radio with their driver. They're pointing it towards the garage. Kyle Petty is in. They've got one round, two rounds of wedge. They make that chassis adjustment. Right side tires for Kyle and they're going to go just with the rights on the Coors Light Pontiac. Here's the leader Mark Martin now. He will make his stop already down toward Jim Phillips as Mark goes in there. Sterling Marlin in also. Let's go down to Jim. Sterling Marlin just leaving with his four new Goodyear Eagles in a tank of Unical gasoline. So does Derek Colt. He peels out of his pit stall. Here comes Rusty Wallace and Wally Dallin back into their pit stalls. The Wallace crew going to work on the right side. And these green flag stops are stopping a lot of chassis adjustments that they would normally make on a caution. But still green flag stops. Mark Martin down. 20.5 on the stop for Martin. Johnny Benson now the race leader as he stays on the speedway. We cover more stops with Eli Gold. Morgan Shepard and Jeff Bodine nearly came together on the pit lane. Good driving by Jeff to take a bit of a wider entrance to his pit stall. Both teams going from the left side to the right side tires. Fuel is in. Morgan gets away in a hurry by one, by two, by three seconds and more. Problems on the left front for Jeff Bodine. A lengthy stop for the QVC team. Well, it's going to cost him a lot of positions. Rusty Wallace was in just a moment ago. Also, he is back onto the racetrack as they're pushing right now Bobby Hillen's car back up pit road and will take it apparently to the garage area. Wally Dolan back was in. Jimmy Spencer made a pit stop. All these would have been scheduled stops for all the cars, and we are at lap 
1.42 at the moment. Johnny Benson staying on the racetrack, and I believe he is still the leader. Johnny Benson holds the lead. He works his way down into turn number one. Running behind Benson, now back in the cycle of pit stops, should be Dale Jarrett in the second spot and Mark Martin in third. Then we look back, we should have Ricky Rudd in fourth, Ernie Irvin in fifth, and the sixth position off the pit lane will be Jeff Gordon. Rusty Wallace will be in seventh. All of this pending the completion of this round of green flag stops. We follow Johnny Benson off the tunnel turn and down the short chute. Johnny Benson all by himself to the outside of the racetrack as he slips into turn number three. Benson still hard on the gas as he heads to the inside of the racetrack. Coming off turn three, he's still on it. Mark Martin beginning to open some distance on Dale Jarrett. Now that Johnny Benson has made his pit stop, Martin, the new race leader, with Jarrett running second. Now in the third position will be Ernie, excuse me, Ricky Rudd with Ernie Irvin fourth and Jeff Gordon fifth. Two more drivers have gone to the garage. They are Bobby Hillen and Wally Dallenbach. We go to Eli Gold. Bobby Hillen has just climbed from the car, and although the original word was the engine couldn't go any further, the fellas are obviously still working. What do you feel at the starting to seize up on you? We're, I couldn't really hear what you said, but, you know, we were running pretty good. I just want to thank Jasper and Federal Mogul. They've been sticking with us all year long. And we had good horsepower, great horsepower. And, uh, you know, the car was running great. The pit crew was doing a good job. And we're really starting to get things to come together. So it's not as disappointing as if this would have happened earlier in the year because we know we're running good. And, you know, we just got to keep our heads up and, and come back next week strong. Bobby finished 13th here the first time and another good run going here this afternoon. We'll head on over now to the Hayes Modems crew. They've got that car jacked up here in the garage. Really a tough break for Bobby Hillen. That team has got things turned around. They've had some good runs. They're, they're like a half a dozen other teams. It seems the days they run the best is when something happens to the car and it bit them again here today at Pocono. Later on in today's broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will be selecting the mechanic of the race award. The top NASCAR mechanic receives $2,000 from Western Auto. The current point standings, Gary Dehart, Terry Labonte's crew chief, is leading Ed Guzzo, uh, Jeff Gordon's Chevrolet crew chief. Right third is David Smith. He is the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt. So that award will be passed out a little bit later this afternoon. 148 laps on the scoreboard here at Pocono this afternoon. And what we were just saying a moment ago has been a strange day. While we were mentioning a couple of drivers going to the garage, let us also mention that Jeff Burton did come back from the garage uh, quite some time ago. Kind of slipped by us there through the maze of uh, green flag pit stops. But Burton is back on the speedway, though he is 24 laps down to the race leader and being shown in the 38th position. So that leaves. Bobby Hamilton, Jeff Green, and Darrell Waltrip, Bobby Hillen, and now Wally Dallenbeck in behind the wall. Let us swing back down to Eli Gold. Wally is still sitting in the car, and the hood is up. Uh, they're also checking beneath the car. It's a broken axle on the Hayes Modems automobile, and they are making the replacement right now. It was after that last pit stop. They let the car down off the jack, and so went the rear axle. So the change is being made. Wally will get back out there, but he's losing some valuable time here in the garage. Third position changed hands a moment ago. Ernie Irvin swept around Ricky Rudd while Morgan Shepard is dropped off the racetrack and out of ninth position for an unscheduled stop down the pit lane. Butch Mock's team looking at the right side of the Remington Ford. Winston Kelly is going to get a look at that for us. Well, they changed right side tires. Apparently Morgan thought he had a tire problem on the Remington Ford. He was in several laps ago, so definitely an unscheduled pit stop. One of the crews that has been getting good gas mileage today, the Budweiser Chevrolet, the pit board is out for Ken Schrader, although he's not on the leaderboard. He's get, been getting some of the best fuel mileage all day long here at Pocono. Winston will pirouette right behind you here and talk to Morgan's crew chief, Jerry Kennan. What was Morgan saying? We had a little vibration. We didn't know if it was a tire equalized or maybe the wheel had come loose. So instead of taking a chance and 
wrecking the car. We decided to come on in and fix it. That's Jerry Kenner in a tough situation because Morgan was running so very well here this afternoon. Here comes Ward Burton in, the NBNA Pontiac. Again, he'd been having some transmission problems earlier today. He's in at lap 150. Kenny Schrader comes in right behind him, as Winston Kelly indicated moments ago he would be. It'll be a four-tire change on the 22 car, the Ward Burton machine. Meanwhile, for Kenny Schrader, they'll come around, make it four tires for the Budweiser entry as well. That will be 12th and 13th position for Ward Burton and Kenny Schrader as they make these stops. Those drivers, though, will fall off the lead lap as they do make those stops. That fuel mileage allowing them to stay out there, hoping to catch a caution and come back around and catch up to the leaders after they make some adjustments on their pit stops. But it is not going to happen at this point, and they are going to lose some ground as the leaders continue to sweep around. Let's set the front of the field for you now with Mark Martin, the race leader, with Dale Jarrett running second. Now Ernie Irvin passed Ricky Rudd into third. Rudd holding down fourth spot and Jeff Gordon fifth. You've got Rusty Wallace in sixth, Johnny Benson seventh, Lake Speed in eighth. Good run for Lake today. Ninth position is Jeff Bodine, and holding down the tenth spot is Derek Cope. Eleventh belongs now to Sterling Marlin, and twelfth position belongs to Jeremy Mayfield. Those twelve cars are on the lead lap. A lap down now in thirteenth and fourteenth are where Ward Burton and Ken Schrader will show with Michael Waltrip in the 15th position. Terry Labonte is 16th. 17th is Ricky Craven. Ted Musgrave is 18th. Morgan Shepard falls back to 19th spot. One lap down. And Bill Elliott is in the 20th position. 21st is John Andretti. Dick Trickle is 22nd. Dale Earnhardt still runs a lap down in 23rd. And Kyle Petty is 24th. Now two laps down in 25th is Brett Bodine with Kenny Wallace 26th. Jimmy Spencer 27th. Robert Presley 28th. And Greg Sachs in 29th. Running three laps down in 30th is Joe Nemechek, Dave Marcus 31st, and Bobby Labonte 32nd. Four laps down in 33rd is Rick Mast. Five laps down in 34th is Randy McDonald. Running in 35th position, also five laps down, is the Hot Strickland machine. Wally Dallenbeck is behind the wall, as are Bobby Hillen. They are 36th and 37th. Jeff Burton back on the racetrack in 38th. And cars out of the race are Bobby Hamilton, Darrell Waltrip, and Jeff Green. They show 39th, 40th, and 41st. 44 laps to go in the Miller 500, and the race for third place is on. Ricky Rudd trying to take it away from Ernie Irvin down the main stretch into turn one. Rudd's got the car charging down on the inside lane, opens it up and gets there before Ernie Irvin can shut the door, so Rudd picks up third. Ernie's going to come back, though, exiting turn one. Irvin drove in deep. Now he's on the inside, challenging for that spot. Once again, though, Rudd manages to shut down the lane. Now Ernie Irvin has to get back in line behind Ricky Rudd. So for now, Rudd holds down the third spot. Those two cars work nose to tail back off the tunnel turn. Single file as they race down the short straightaway, heading for turn number three. Ernie Irvin wants it back. Moves to the inside of the racetrack. Drag race side by side down into turn number three. Give Ernie Irvin the spot as Ricky Rudd drops in line behind him. Ernie Irvin's car still very good, but nowhere near what it was earlier this afternoon here at Pocono when he just dominated a great portion of the race. But for the moment, he gets back around Ricky Rudd and moves up into third position. They head off into turn number one. He is about nine and a half seconds behind the lead battle that's been going on up toward the front of the field for the last oh, 25 or 30 laps around, 157 laps on the board. Mark Martin just having a flawless day, and Jim Phillips, I believe you've been down in that pit area. They haven't had to do anything except just make the pit stops and put the car back out there, apparently. And Jim was down in that pit a little bit earlier in Mark's area. They, and it has been just right now, Barney, Steve Beal setting up here. He Right now, you're holding your own. It doesn't seem like he's losing it at all on this long run. Well, we, you know, on them sticker tires a while ago, we would lose, and 28 and 88 would come on. So the last two stops we put on scuffs, we managed to do a little bit better. 
Uh, looks like everybody's going to have to pick with 20 to go. I guess everybody will probably just get right. The debate now is to put on stickers and scuffs. We're kind of going to toss the coin on that, but right now scuffs are running awful good for us. That's Steve Mill, crew chief for Mark Martin. Steady as she goes for Mark Martin. And Ernie Irvin has just taken the third spot back away from Ricky Rudd. He did it on the backside of the racetrack. Now Rudd going to try and see if he can steal it away again as he follows Irvin to one. Ongoing race here for the third position. Here they come, nose to tail, back at the corner. Ernie Irvin has the spot. Rudd right up on his bumper looking for an opportunity. And now you got more company closing in as Jeff Gordon is now within about five car lengths of that race. Here come Ernie Irvin and Ricky Rudd working off the end of the Long Pond straight. This time, Rudd will not step out of line. He just continues to follow Ernie Urban for now. They work back off the corner and onto the short straight. Best duel on the racetrack right now. Heads off turn number two down the short straightaway. Ricky Rudd taking a look at Ernie Irvin on the inside, but he'll stay to the outside of the racetrack as they race single file into turn number three. Ernie Irvin gobbles up the inside lane. He'll stay his position. Looks like somebody's built a fire underneath Jeff Gordon, too, the way he's running right now. Yeah, absolutely. Gordon has been uh, not that spectacular all day long. Started back in the 16th position and has run outside of the top 10, much of the first half of the race. Now the second half of the race has crept up through the top 10, and all of a sudden he's running in fourth and beginning to chase down third and second Joe Moore in turn one. Here they come. That battle for third rages on with Ricky Rudd all over the rear deck of Ernie Irvin as they race among themselves. Jeff Gordon closes in even more. Here's Gordon now coming out of turn one and onto the long pond stretch. He has about 10 to 15 car lengths before he will catch up to that battle for third, but he continues to chop down the margin. Here's Gordon once again closing in on Ricky Rudd's car. As Irvin and Rudd work each other for the position, here's Gordon off the turn all by himself, smooth to the outside of the racetrack, maybe cuts down another car length or two as he heads down the short straightaway. Meanwhile, Ricky Rudd again peeks to the inside of Ernie Irvin, but Irvin holds him off by two car lengths. And they're going to come back around to the caution flag. There is debris that has been spotted in the tunnel turn. Turn number two, reported by Sterling Marlin first to NASCAR officials, and so the caution flag is going to wave. Here they come out of turn number three, heading down to the line, and the green flag is about to go in the air. Ricky Rudd leading Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, Ernie Irvin, Johnny Benson, Sterling Marlin, and Jeff Gordon. Bad restart for Lake Speed. Loses a couple spots while Morgan Shepard tried to get a lap back from Ricky Rudd. Shepard duck dives down to the inside of the racetrack. Gets up alongside the car of Rusty Wallace, coming back into the turn. While they race there, Ricky Rudd gets way out in front. He's got three car lakes out in front of the field as he exit turn one. Ricky Rudd has nothing but clear racetrack ahead of him. Here comes his Orange Ford now at the midway point on the Long Pond Straight. Cars stacking up double wide further back in the field. The outside line of traffic starting to advance now behind Rudd. Everyone works back off the tunnel turn. Rusty Wallace trying to get by Morgan Shepard now as they work off the tunnel turn down the short straightaway. Here's Wallace to the inside. Now they'll race into turn number three. Ricky Rudd maintains about five car lengths on him as they race into the corner and back to the start-finish line. Well, with 34 laps to go in this race, nobody's going to give you an inch out there right now With uh, as they work back down the line. Ricky Rudd now by four car lengths. Working away, trying to get away from the field. Rusty Wallace up at the front of the pack also. But from there on back, actually from Joe Moore as they head down to you, from Ernie Irvin on back, something's got to happen in that pack the way they've been racing the last lap around. Irvin's riding along in the third spot there, trying to hold on his teammate Dale Jarrett. They both made the move around Derek Cope on the last lap. Now Johnny Benson makes out a trio doing battle on the long pond stretch. Now here's Mark Martin going three wide down the long pond stretch. He thinks better of it, gets back up in the line. He was working down to the inside of Jeff Gordon's car. And now here's Martin shuffling back around the 10th position as they work their way off turn two. Everybody getting itchy as they rumble off two down the short straightaway, weaving 
diving in, out, diving to the inside of the outside of the racetrack, but nobody making a move yet. Jeff Gordon thinking about diving down to the inside, but doesn't make the move. Everybody stays single file in turn three. Network with live coverage of the Miller 500 for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. We are now at 33 laps to go. There are 11 cars on the lead lap. They are Ricky Rudd, Rusty Wallace, Ernie Irvin, Dale Jarrett, Johnny Benson. Those are the first five. Running in sixth is Sterling Marlin. Mark Martin is seventh. Jeff Gordon is eighth. Lake Speed, ninth. Derek Cope is tenth. Jeff Bodine is eleventh. And Rusty Wallace, for the moment, has got his hands full with the lap car of Morgan Shepard and third place, Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin breaks out of the draft to the inside of the racetrack, side by side for a moment, but Wallace pulls it out down the straightaway, dives to the inside, shuts down the lane. Morgan Shepard can't pull over and let all his guys go. He is the first car on the just one lap down, so he, he has the leader inside. He still has a chance to get himself back on the tail end of the lead lap. Rusty's going to try and get underneath him this time as they head down the front straightaway and go back into one, but Morgan is going to make him work to get up there and catch the leader. Meanwhile, here in the Ricky Red Pit, concern now from Richard Broom. He says the smoke we're seeing now is a bit of an oil leak from the right side of the engine. He says hopefully we can go the distance from here, but they're now starting to look on with a little more concern here in the leader's pit area. So problems for Ricky Rudd, but for now he is out in front while Rusty Wallace makes the move around the lap car headed to turn two. He gets around Morgan Shepard's lap car, but he leaves the lane open for Ernie Irvin, who also suits by Shepard. Now Dale Jarrett trying to work on Shepard down the short straightaway. He'll get to the inside of Morgan Shepard side by side for fourth place as they race into the corner. Shepard the lap car. The fourth place machine moves to the inside. Dale Jarrett gets the position. Just get the feeling that something's got to give in that pack of traffic up at the front of the field. Ricky Rudd trying to open up a little daylight. He has six, seven car links on Rusty Wallace. Rusty hangs in there in the number two spot. Battle could be for third place as they get back down toward turn number one, heading to Joe Moore. Ernie Irvin's got that third position, working down into the corner, but Dale Jarrett right behind him, and Johnny Benson. Again, those three cars all stacked up, practically nose to tail, trying to chase down Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. Here's Jarrett looking to the inside of Irvin. Couldn't make the move. He'll fall back in line. Now those front five cars kind of snake their way down the long pond straight as Rudd Rudd tries to break the draft on Wallace, who tries to shake free of Ernie Urban. Now they work their way back through the tunnel turn. Mark Martin, three wide at the entrance of the tunnel turn, gets back in line. Mark Martin quickly steps to the outside of the racetrack. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace begins to reel in Ricky Rudd as they race into turn number three. Rudd drifts up the banking. Here comes Wallace to the inside. Rusty Wallace has not led this race yet today. Here he comes down to the bottom of Ricky Rudd off turn number three. Drag racing down the main straightaway at lap number 170, 30 laps to go. Wallace trying to get out in front for the first time while Rudd with a strong motor under the hood of that Ford is able to hold him off for now. A couple of Fords going in and coming back into turn one. Ricky Rudd the lead Ford. Rusty Wallace falls in line behind. Rusty's going to try again though. He's got the inside groove this time. He goes to the inside of Ricky Rudd off turn one. And the battle for third is also side by side but for now sticking with the battle for the lead. Rusty Wallace's black and gold Ford shoots by underneath Ricky Rudd. Wallace to the lead. Meanwhile Dale Jarrett works up underneath Ernie Irvin. Now Jarrett goes to third. Johnny Benson there as well as they race off the corner. The top five do all single file down the short straightaway. Benson taking a look to the inside but can't make the move on Ernie Irvin. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace leads in turn three. It is getting wild in the closing laps of the Miller 500. First, a good race for the third spot that almost got a little too wild for Ernie Irvin's liking. That happened in turn one a lap ago, Joe. Irvin and Johnny Benson came into the corner racing side by side. Benson trying to get by. They made some contact and Irvin scooted way up the banking, nearly making contact with the outside retaining wall. Now, Benson was able to overtake that spot. He's got fourth, but Irvin lost about five positions in the process. And farther back on that restart, Jeff Bodine got tagged in traffic and a bunch 
bunch of cars, like eight or nine of them, had to really jack up on the brakes to keep from causing a big pileup in turn one. And again, everybody gets sorted out, but Jeff Bodine dropped back to the 11th spot, the last car on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, and Dale Jarrett, the front three. They broke it away from fourth place Johnny Benson and fifth place Jeff Gordon. Mark Martin runs sixth now. Now 26 laps to go in the Miller 500. Second place has changed hands. Dale Jarrett has gotten around Ricky Rudd. He is now the man chasing Rusty Wallace. While that happens, Bobby Labonte has gone to the garage. We go to Eli Gold. Bobby now in his transporter, having just brought the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet to the garage area, and uh, it was a tough afternoon for Bobby Labonte. It, uh, it was a long, long day, and Bobby is going to uh, calm down a little bit and uh, unwind. Here he is now. Tough afternoon for you. Yeah, it was. Interstate Batteries Chevrolet blew up. So Bobby Labonte's afternoon is done, about 25 laps in the finish, but his weekend at Pocono is not done. He'll be here tomorrow. They're doing a test with a Pontiac. It's a Chevrolet team testing with a Pontiac here at Pocono tomorrow. That might get interesting before it's all over. The scramble right now is real interesting back there for fifth place. Mark Martin's been working on Jeff Gordon for the last four or five times around. Just about the best he can do, Joe Morris. Just barely catch up to the tail end and can't go any further. He's just looking for room to get down to the inside of Jeff Gordon. Of course, Jeff's not going to let that happen, so Mark has explored the possibility of using the outside lane. That's not going to work even either. He'll fall in line behind Jeff Gordon, and they'll both work their way off, turn one and down to the Mount Long Pond stretch. That battle for the fifth position then will settle down for now. Straighten out single file. Meanwhile, some daylight beginning to open up between each of the top four cars in the running order. Dale Jarrett trying to chop that daylight down, however, as they race off turn number two down the short straightaway heading into turn three. Here's Rusty Wallace with four car lengths on Jarrett. They'll both tuck down to the inside of the racetrack and head back to the start-finish line. Coming off the corner now, there'll be 24 laps to go, and Rusty Wallace gets to the start-finish line. Twelve different drivers have swapped the lead 23 times in the Miller 500. Rusty though did not take the lead until there were only 29 laps left in the race. He rode, drove a steady race though never seemed to be up front with the leaders. Couldn't get that all important track position we talk about so much. Got the caution flag he wanted. Got up front now comes away with the race lead as the working down the main straightaway one car goes up in smoke headed towards turn one. It is Kenny Wallace. We noticed some smoke from his car earlier this afternoon. This may be it as the smoke continues to billow from the car and he makes his way down to the inside of the racetrack limping off turn one Everybody gets by, but Kenny Wallace may be done for the day. Working uh, off of turn number two now, and they'll come back to the caution flag. Kenny Wallace's car has dropped liquid in turn one. The report just in from the NASCAR spotters. So here comes Rusty Wallace back around to the yellow flag now, off of turn number three and headed down to the start-finish line. Wallace will take the caution flag at lap number 177, and that leaves us now 23 laps to go and may just have taken the fuel mileage factor right out of the equation. Well, here's why these crew chiefs in NASCAR Winston Cup Racing get the big bucks. It's decision time to pit or not to pit with 22 laps to go. Doesn't look like very many of the lead lap cars are going to pit. Rusty Wallace stays on the track. Dale Jarrett, Ricky Rudd, Johnny Benson, Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, Jeremy Mayfield, Sterling Marlin all on the track. But here come Ernie Irvin, Derek Cope, Lake Speed, and Jeff Bodine. Lead lap cars in. We go to Winston Kelly. Ernie Irvin's going to get right side rubber. They're going to top it off with fuel. They told me earlier they thought they had enough fuel to go. They were going to find out. We're not going to take any chances now. They're getting a four 
four tire stop, one round of wedge in the left rear of the car. Now to Eli Gold. Only seven seconds worth of a fuel stop for the QVC team, but now they're going to go and make tire changes all the way around. The car is full of fuel, but at this point, they really have nothing to lose running where they were. So the QVC team in for fuel and tires at lap 177 of 200. Well, they were the last four cars on the lead lap, so they're not going to give up anything. They'll be able to put on fresh tires, certainly take the fuel question out of the picture right now for the moment and duck in there. So there is nothing to lose. Plus, if we have another caution flag, they won't have to come back in. We'll find out whether fuel mileage is a factor in the decision of this race in just a moment. Take a minute to remind you that the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series heads to the I-70 Speedway in Odessa, Missouri on Saturday, July 27th. You can hear live coverage of the Western Auto 200 at 345 Eastern Time on TBN Radio, a division of the Motor Racing Network. Oil dry continuing to be spread in the aftermath of Kenny Wallace's problem heading off into turn number one, so we remain under caution now at lap number 179 of 200. Let's go to the garage. We're here with Kenny. We're just looking at the TIC Square D machine. We had told you every time they made a pit stop, they had to lift the trunk because the fuel filler area is missing. It's just been removed into the trunk area, though that's not what ultimately put you out, obviously. No, Eli, you know, I got to commend my guys. They did give me a good car today. We ran real competitive. We just got down those laps because every time we pitted, you know, it was 30, 35 second pit stops. Uh, the filler broke out for some reason, but uh, the guys did a good job. You know, we just plain blowed up big time style and uh, we'll go on next week. On to Talladega for Kenny Wallace. Kenny in the garage joining Bobby Labonte, Bobby Hillen, Darrell Waltrip, Jeff Green, and Bobby Hamilton as drivers out of the event. We have had 12 different drivers swap the lead 23 times. Only three cautions have slowed the race. Mark Martin, the dominant driver in the first half of the event, then he has swapped the lead around in the second half fairly consistently with Ernie Irvin and Dale Jarrett. Those three drivers pretty much dominating the second portion of this event. Then under caution at lap number 160, Ricky Rudd came away with the lead, led for eight laps until Rusty Wallace took it over. Wallace holding the lead now as we sit at lap number 179. There are some 11 cars still on the lead lap at this point. Average speed still a record 150.219 miles an hour and that is the way things stand as we come up on 20 laps to go. This mid-race update sponsored by Sports Image. Get your free 24-page color catalog by calling Sports Image at 800-342-7612. The all-new catalog featuring Dale Earnhardt, Joni Nemechek, Ron Hornaday, Jeff Green, and Mike Skinner merchandise so order yours today current sports image customers are mailed automatically customer service representatives are available 24 hours a day to take your request to give them a call sports image at 800-342-7612 field is still under caution they'll probably get the indication one lap and we'll go back to green when they cross the start finish line a lot of the cars that are a lap or more down ducked in the top off the fuel tank a moment ago not taking any chances morgan shepherd was in jeff burton came onto pit road joe nemechek brett bodine was in wally dollin back came back in along with ricky craven and John Andretti. Well, this is going to be a real shootout. This yep. ought to be a dandy. It should be. And now as we get to 20 laps to go, we will not get the one-to-go signal. They're still working on uh, spreading the oil dry that was put onto the racetrack down in turn one after Kenny Wallace's engine problem. They want to run through that a couple of times with the cars, then give the drivers a chance to kind of clean their tires off. Uh, down to pit road, Jim Phillips, now that we have run a few more laps under caution, fuel mileage, any concern at all to Rusty Wallace's team? Well, let's ask Robin Pemberton. He's going to talk to Rusty. And, uh, Robin, just, did this take the fuel mileage equation out of this race? Yeah, it should. We should be able to run uh, 200.1 laps now, so uh, <laughs> we, we should be in good shape. You told me before this uh, happened, you pitted on lap 162, if the car did not push, you could make it. Well, how is the car doing? 
It's pretty neutral right now. It's it's we've had a little tight car most of the day, and uh, we've been working on it. And uh, we gained on them when uh, about the middle of the race. So uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, how about the 88? 88's as strong as he's ever been. That's uh, Dale Jarrett we're talking about there, right behind Rusty Wallace. He goes back to, over to talk to the NASCAR officials. Lap 180, Rusty Wallace leads. Don't, don't think you can give this one to anybody quite yet. <laughs> I don't think I would give anybody uh, the nod on the win yet. It should be quite an exciting shootout over the last 20 laps. Miller 500 about to come down to an 18-lap shootout now as the field is in turn number three. They will come off the corner, see the green flag at lap 182. It is Rusty Wallace with Dale Jarrett on his back bumper. Jeremy Mayfield to his inside, trying to get a lap back from the race leader if he can. Here they come for the restart. Green flag goes in the air, and Rusty wastes no time. He's good on restarts, tries to get away, opens up about a car length from second and third place back there, but Dale Jarrett's not going to let him get away, and neither is Ricky Rudd and they get at it in turn one. Jarrett working the inside lane. Ricky Rudd looking for a few moments to the outside for the possibility of passing there. He'll fall back in line, though. We'll face a challenge. One of the lap cars down on the inside. Jeremy Mayfield along with Ken Schrader. Both occupy that inside lane. Now trouble in turn one. Joe Nemechek and Brett Bodine make contact. Bodine spins down the back straight away. Nemechek hits the outside wall. Caution is going to come out of the speedway. We'll follow the leaders as they race back to the yellow flag. Rusty Wallace off the second corner, down the short straightaway with Dale Jarrett in tow. Now Ricky Rudd wants a piece of second. He'll dive to the inside of the racetrack, side by side with Jarrett as they race into turn number three, give Ricky Rudd the second position. Ricky Rudd moves into the number two position as they come off turn number three and back down to the line. They will face the caution flag as they come into the front straightaway. They're still racing for second place back there. Three deep at the start-finish line, but it will be Ricky Rudd by just about a half a car length over Dale Jarrett as the caution is out. Let's go back to turn one. Joe Nemechek and Brett Bodine racing way back in the pack and looked like possibly Nemechek got a little bit loose in the outside groove. His car turned sideways, collected Brett Bodine, spun Brett down to the inside of the racetrack. Brett did some damage to the left side of his car, but was able to refire it and drive off. Nemechek still sits up against the outside retaining wall. A lot of damage on the right side of his machine. Tough break for Joe, who has uh, had uh, some pretty good amount of misfortune in uh, this 1996 NASCAR Winston Cup season. He might be the candidate that will be nominated by the members of the media covering today's race for the Goody's Headache Award. $1,000 to be passed out by Goody's Headache Powders, the official pain reliever of NASCAR at the conclusion of this race. Won't be long before we'll find out who they deem has suffered the biggest headache today. Brett Bodine coming down the pit lane after firing and driving back away, but we are back under caution again. I'll tell you what, we ran from lap 2 to lap 160 without a yellow flag, and now we have had uh, three yellow flags in the space of 23 laps and this definitely I would think takes fuel mileage out of the equation now. I think the fuel mileage might have been out of the equation uh, even before this caution flag depending on who you talk to down on pit road. Sometimes they'll let the word get out maybe a team will say I don't think we can make it just to kind of use a little psychology on the other guys. The pace truck has picked up the field as they bring them back into turn number three. As you said Brett Bodine is on pit road. Let's see if Eli goes in that vicinity. He came down a short while ago, and the Lowe's team was taking a look at whatever damage there is. He's now continued back, and he's heading back to turn one after a quick stop on the pit lane. It's been so. a hard day for Brett here at uh, Pocono. Usually this is a good track for him, but it's yeah. not, been, uh, not been that good today. No, it sure hasn't. Uh, not been that good for a lot of drivers today. It might not yet be that good for Ricky Rudd. His car shows 
showed quite a bit of smoke on that last restart. Uh, uh, we've heard earlier in the day that uh, the team with a little uh, oil leak problem perhaps on the right side of the engine, though Rudd's not seeming to lack horsepower the way he drag raced Dale Jarrett back around to the yellow flag. But uh, for now, Ricky Rudd uh, showing a little bit of smoke on the restart, hoping his car makes it toward the finish. Rudd beginning to see his team move up in the front of the pack consistently now, getting back up toward their goal of being in contention for the win every week. The car has been a top five car exception of Daytona and that's really what you're going to have to do to be able to get a victory. I know people have asked me when are you going to win one. I said well first we got to be able to place in the top five consistent enough and then a win will come. We're just now starting to get to that top five where we're getting those top five finishes so uh, a win is not is not out of the question uh, especially when we come to somewhere like Pocono where we ran second the first time and we're very competitive so we just have to wait and see where our goal again is just to shoot for that top five every week. And again, knowing that if you do that consistently, a win will come. Right now, Ricky Rudd running in the top five here at this race. Right, Ricky mentioning that he finished second here back in the June race. Remember the other time he finished second here, Barney, back 1986. He, Tim Richmond, and Jeff Bodine came off that final corner three wide down to the start-finish line. That was what a, one of the most exciting finishes we might ever have seen in a NASCAR Winston Cup race here at Pocono. Ricky losing out to Richmond by about a foot when they came to the stripe. One time, Tim Richmond owned this racetrack. We saw some great finishes back in that era of NASCAR Winston Cup racing, and uh, there have been some super good finishes here. This may be another one that they add to that uh, list of good yeah. finishes here this afternoon before it is all over. 184 laps are on the board. We're still under caution. We have 16 laps to go. Let's check up with Joe Moore and see what the cleanup is going up there. Well, uh, Joe did climb out of his Chevrolet. Seemed to be okay. Checked out the damage and found it to be quite significant. Again, the right side and the rear where he backed it into the wall. The wrecker pulled up, has hooked onto the car, and is now pulling it back over to the garage area. Cleanup crew over in uh, the exit of turn number one now sweeping and uh, cleaning up the mess. Joe is riding in the car as it's being towed back to the garage. So that Joe Nemechek car will go to the garage, joining Bobby Hamilton, Jeff Green, Darrell Waltrip, Bobby Hillen, Bobby Labonte, and Kenny Wallace as those who will fail to finish today's Miller 500. Field getting the signal. One more lap. We'll go back to Green. That'll give us the restart at lap 186 with 14 laps to go to the finish. Down to the pits and Jim Phillips, who has for us the winner of the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. Robin Pemberton, uh, Western Auto Mechanic of the Race, congratulations. Yeah, that's pretty neat, huh? Uh, you know, the guys did a great job in the pits all day long as they always do. You know, they gained spots, they kept us going. Even when the car wasn't as fast as it needed to be, we gained spots every time on pit road. So this is good for them. $2,000 goes to Robin, and then his name goes on that $25,000 entry list for the end of the year. So Robin Pemberton, today's Western Auto mechanic of the race, and now sitting there waiting to see if his driver is going to be able to hold off the charge from Ricky Rudd and Dale Jarrett, Johnny Benson, and Jeff Gordon, and all the others that are stacked up right in his bumper as we get ready to go back to green. Let us set the lead lap for you. It is Rusty Wallace out in front of Ricky Rudd with Dale Jarrett running third. Johnny Benson about to score if he can hold on his best career NASCAR Winston Cup Series finish after moving that up from 10th to 9th last week could possibly become his first top five today. Benson in the Pontiac running in fourth with Jeff Gordon holding down the fifth position. Running behind Gordon in sixth is Mark Martin, the driver that dominated much of the early running of this event, though now he is mired back in traffic after having a bad 
break on a pit stop at lap number 161 and having to come back in a couple of times it caught him way back in traffic seventh is sterling marlin but a quiet day haven't really talked about sterling much but he's hanging right in there on the lead lap in the seventh spot holding down the eighth position another quiet day but lake speed having a great run in the spam car his best run of the season to this point by far for lake then ernie irvin rounding out the top 10 jeff bodine fills out the 11 cars on the lead lap and that's the uh, way the field stacks up now as they get set to come off the final corner for the restart with 14 laps to go well time to do a little rooting and shoving as they say down in the south here they come off turn number three green flag is in the air and they get down to it one more time rusty wallace gets a jackrabbit start once more pulls ricky rudd with him they'll pull a couple of car links away from dale jarrett and johnny benson and the shuffle is on down in turn number one wallace trying to open up a little daylight and get away from everyone he's got a car length and a half over ricky rudd rudd still racing alongside the lap car of jeremy mayfield behind rudd who's still smoking out of the back of that ford you got dale jarrett johnny benson and jeff gordon they're all working the outside lane all of a sudden rusty wallace breaks away by about five car lengths from the second place car of ricky rudd he and dale jarrett struggling up in the outside lane to get around the lap traffic jeremy mayfield the first car along that lap line he and rudd almost touch out of turn two they'll stay side by side as they race off the second corner down the straightaway here's dale jarrett frustrating trying to struggle his way to the inside of the racetrack but mayfield is there and shuts down the lane so the lead lap cars will go single file on the outside of the racetrack mayfield took his shot at getting his lap back he's not been successful at doing it because they have dropped a long way behind race leader rusty wallace and it appears that ricky rudd and dale jarrett having to deal with that traffic are going to lose any chance to catch wallace in the closing laps they work their way across now with 13 laps to go back to turn one wallace has got a full second ahead of ricky rudd coming back to turn number one behind rudd now two lap cars separate him from third place dale jarrett and johnny benson in fourth benson trying to get by jarrett but can't do anything because of the slower cars dale jarrett blocked up behind more traffic up on the high side of the racetrack now he's trapped back behind jeremy mayfield's car johnny benson swings out of line about two more car lengths behind jarrett trying to clear the michael waltrip car can't get by waltrip as he races off turn two down the straightaway now we'll see how they attack it as everybody fans out single file now here's some double wide racing jeff gordon moves to the inside of ernie irvin he'll pick up one position and tuck in line behind johnny benson ernie irvin trying to get as close to the front as he can in the closing laps making some daring moves in turn number two across the tunnel a moment ago and the one thing that the drivers from second on back did not want to happen they didn't want to get caught up in that lap traffic and let rusty get the advantage he has right now he is ahead by a full second in turn one now ricky rudd has a little drafting help the guy who held him up for so long now is helping him push along as he closes in on rusty wallace jeremy mayfield right on the rear deck of rusty wallace they try to chase down rusty wallace at the tunnel turn all that traffic bike back behind rusty will stay single file this time down the long pond stretch one exception to that rule is mark martin he's trying to get something going he is a good 20 car lengths back behind the race leader mark martin rumbles to the inside of the racetrack gets by dale earnhardt but he has a lot of daylight between him and rusty wallace down the straightaway and a lot of cars including some lap machines here's wallace into turn number three give him five car lengths on ricky rudd mark racing with lake speed for the eighth and ninth spots while up front ricky rudd has closed down some on rusty wallace he's closed it to about 12 13 car lengths or so an estimation as they cross the start finish line 11 laps to go now dale jarrett not able to make any kind of run at ricky rudd for the second spot for now they run in single file formation jarrett rides along in the third spot he's got a lap car behind him the machine of michael walter before the next car in line that is johnny benson jeff gordon ernie irvin and sterling marlin all stacked up those three cars racing for position off turn one after all that double wide racing we have seen since the restart now the leaders stay single file this 
just time for the entry into the tunnel turn. Here's Rusty Wallace now, the lead beginning to diminish. Ricky Rudd cuts it down to about eight car lengths now. Trying to track him down, down the short straightaway, heading into turn number three. Ricky Rudd pushing it as hard as he can into the third corner. Rusty Wallace loses maybe one, two car lengths now, making about a four car length battle as they race off turn three. Eight laps to go in the Miller 500 at Pocono. It is Rusty Wallace with now Ricky Rudd drawing to within one car length of him, headed for the tunnel turn. They work their way right down around the bottom groove of the tunnel turn and head back down the short straight. Ricky Rudd tries to get the bite off the corner. Down the short straightaway, heading into turn number three. Rusty Wallace is still dominant down the straightaway. He'll open it up to two car lengths down. Ricky Rudd battles back, tries to dive deep into turn number three. Can't get the job done there. Ricky's had a good car all day long, but in addition to that, he's shown on several occasions that he has a ton of horsepower from some of the places that he has passed on this racetrack. But now as close as he can get to Rusty has been just maybe a foot or two off his bumper. Rusty's not going to give him anything. Uh, Joe Moore, if he gets around him, it's going to get physical between these two because Rusty doesn't give you any real estate. Certainly going to be tough for Ricky Rudd, plus the concern over that smoke we're still seeing out of the back of his car. It's been going on all afternoon, and his crew must be concerned as to what may happen there. He continues following the race leader. Checking further back of the pack, by the way, Ernie Irvin picks up a spot now, having moved around to the inside of Johnny Benson's car. So Irvin moves up into the fourth position in the running order. Now he works his way back off the tunnel turn. Front four cars off turn number two, down the short straightaway. Dale Jarrett at the back of that draft. The lap car of Jeremy Mayfield in front of him. Then up front, the front two cars race into turn number three. Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd dive into turn number three and head back to start finish. Ernie Irvin picking up the fourth spot from Johnny Benson, who now runs fifth. Ricky Rudd seems to gain on Rusty a lap or so, then lose on Rusty a lap or so. It seemed like it's whoever gets through that tunnel quarter. The best has got the advantage lap after lap. Right now, six laps to go. They head single file to one. Wallace leads by a couple of car lengths over Ricky Rudd. Here they come back into the turn. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin does away with another lapped car. Back in the fourth position, he got by Michael Waltrip. Here's the leaders now working off turn one. There's two car lengths between Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. And behind Ricky Rudd again comes a lap machine, that of Jeremy Mayfield. Dale Jarrett is still caught up behind him, although Jarrett is the third place car in the running order. Then a gap of about 15 car lengths before we come back to Ernie Irvin. Jarrett working on the lap car of Jeremy Mayfield as they head down the straightaway towards the third corner now. Nobody steps out of line. Nobody takes a position away as they race into the turn. Here's Wallace. Continues to lead. Give him three car lengths. Ernie Irvin's car has come back to what it was earlier this afternoon when he had one of the strongest cars in the field, but the key now for Ernie is time. He's running out. Five laps to go, and he is a little better than a second and a half behind the leader, Rusty Wallace. Rusty continues to hold off Ricky Rudd as they go back to turn one. Rudd's not gaining a hold on the ground on Rusty Wallace, but he is not letting Rusty get away from him. Still a couple of car lengths between the front two. Now Dale Jarrett goes to work. He's the third place man. He's got to get by Jeremy Mayfield. He's doing that now on the long pond stretch. Jarrett racing side by side with Jeremy Mayfield every inch of the long pond straightaway. They will stay door to door coming off the end of that straight, although Jarrett now manages to clear that car as they head off the tunnel turn. Jeremy Mayfield looking like he might take a stab back at uh, Jarrett to the inside of the racetrack, but Jarrett disposes of him as they head down the straightaway. Meanwhile, Rudd continues to work on leader Wallace in turn three. Ricky not able to close these last few laps any tighter than about two or three car lengths off Wallace's back bumper. Now the only question for Wallace, will the car hiccup? Will the fuel hold up? Will he slip in one of these corners? Four laps to go now for Wallace as he tries to score his fourth win of 1996. He leads Ricky Rudd back to turn one. Ricky Rudd follows the tire tracks of Rusty 
Dusty Wallace back into the corner. Both cars right down on the rumble strip on the inside lane. They've got plenty of room now between themselves and Dale Jarrett, who finally has cleared the lap car of Jeremy Mayfield. Ernie Irvin now closes in on Mayfield. Now Rusty Wallace lets it out another notch. He has four to five car lengths on Ricky Rudd. This time by, they set up for the entry into turn number two. Right around the bottom groove of the tunnel turn, they set sail again for the short straight. Rudd trying to hook a tool on Wallace as they head down the short straightaway. Maybe gains about a half a car length on him. Now under braking into turn number three. Rusty Wallace maintains two car lengths on Rudd as they race off the turn. Rudd's car drifts up the banking just a bit. Maybe loses another car length there. They've got three laps to go when they cross the start-finish line. This time by, Rusty brings them back down, and he has opened up another car length on Ricky Rudd. He's about five car lengths ahead of him. He's a good 15 to 20 ahead of the third-place car, Dale Jarrett. They scramble back to one. Single file once again, coming back into the corner. Rusty Wallace first by three car lengths now over Ricky Rudd. Rudd not gaining a lot of ground, although Rusty goes a little bit wider, arcing off turn number one. Ricky Rudd tightens it up to within another car length. For now, Rusty Wallace continues to lead. So far, so good the story for Wallace. The car has not slipped. No mistakes. He continues to lead Rudd down into the tunnel turn, although Rudd tries to zero in one more time. Dives down to the inside of the racetrack, tries to take some advantage there, but as they head down the short chute towards the third turn, Rusty Wallace maintains his two-car length advantage. Now Rudd has got to watch his rearview mirrors because a charging Dale Jarrett is beginning to draw up on him in turn three. Work their way now off the final corner, down to the start-finish line. Good race for the fifth, sixth, and seventh spots. Johnny Benson trying to hold off Sterling Marlin and Jeff Gordon while Rusty Wallace comes down now with two more laps to go in the race, and Ricky Rudd, still those same two car lengths behind him. Dale Jarrett, another couple back in third. Jarrett starting to close in on Ricky Rudd. Could make this a three-way race for the lead. Meanwhile, for fifth, Sterling Marlin looks to the inside of Johnny Benson. Benson slips, goes a little bit wide in the corner. Here's the opening Marlin was looking for, but he can't make the move. He makes contact with Jeff Gordon. Gordon almost gets out of shape. Now they all straighten out. They run single file, although tightly bunched. Checking that lead battle. Here comes Rusty Wallace back to the tunnel turn, and still Ricky Rudd is three car lengths away. White flag is eminent for the leaders as they shoot down the back straightaway, move to the outside, all the way up to the retaining wall, and now dive down to the inside of turn number three. Rusty Wallace maintains a solid three car length advantage. Here comes Dale Jarrett on Rudd. One more circuit around. It's going to all be over. Ricky Rudd knows if he can get up there, he's only going to get one shot at Rusty Wallace. It's either got to work or it won't, even if he can catch him. But for the moment, Ricky's got his hands full, just hanging on to second place because Dale Jarrett is there knocking on the door in one. Three-fourth Thunderbirds going to try to decide this among themselves. Nose to tail for the final trip through turn number one. Rusty Wallace out in front. It's Jarrett the man's going to make the move. He's going after Ricky Rudd. So far in the last few laps, Rusty Wallace been able to handle everything Ricky Ricky Rudd's had for him. Now the question, can he handle both Rudd and Dale Jarrett? Those two cars hook up nose to tail. They close in behind Rudd. Here comes the battle for the lead off turn two. Rudd on the defensive and the offensive as he races off turn number two down the short straightaway. Dale Jarrett moves to the outside. Rudd defends. Now he looks to the inside. Single file into the corner. Meanwhile, R Rusty Wallace leads back to the start-finish line. Off the final corner with the checkered flag in sight. Rusty Wallace will not be challenged. Ricky Rudd will for the second spot, but at the stripe, it will be Rusty Wallace scoring his fourth win of 1996. He wins the Miller 500. Ricky Rudd will hold off Dale Jarrett by about a foot for the second spot. It'll be Ernie Irvin coming home in fourth, and fifth position should belong to Johnny Benson at the finish, but how about Rusty Wallace in that team? Jim Phillips making it go to the checkered flag in a tight fight to the finish. All right, Robin Pemberton, how about Rusty Wallace? Yeah, I'll tell you what he drove, didn't he? I'll tell you, we, I guess it just counts if you lead that last few laps in there. But we worked hard on the car all day. 
like I said before, the guys, they kept the car up front and got spots on pit road all the time. You know, that was a good deal. Well, they head to victory lane. Great day for the Miller crew of Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace's 45th NASCAR Winston Cup Series win, his fourth of 1996, and his third at Pocono Raceway. We'll hear from the winner and the other top finishers in today's Miller 500 as we continue our coverage from Pennsylvania. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. After Mark Martin dominated the first half of the Miller 500, pretty exciting second half, especially, especially those last 40 laps. And in the end, Rusty Wallace holds on to win a 14-lap shootout, hanging on over Ricky Rudd, who barely held on to second spot over Dale Jarrett, who will come home third. Unofficially, Ernie Irvin gets fourth. And Johnny Benson edged Sterling Marlin at the stripe to get the fifth position. We'll hear from the winner in victory lane shortly. First, let us go to the gas pumps and hear from some of the other top finishers. We'll start with Winston Kelly. With Ricky Rudd right where we were, five weeks ago Ricky I tell you that was one whale of a race those last 15 or 20 laps describe it from your standpoint well it got pretty busy you know Rusty wasn't that good early in the race and he got his car handling better and I could run with him most of the corners exception to coming out of that turn three on the front straightaway he just murdered me and I I'd catch back up to him about the tunnel turn and then hit turn three again and he'd drive me off drive all about four car lengths couldn't quite do anything with him but got in a heck of a race for second anyway I guess we're really proud of this tied bunch to bring this thing home in second Hey, you mentioned the race for seconds. You had to hold off Dale Jarrett there the last lap. Did that distract you from being able to chase down Rusty Wallace, or had Rusty already checked out? Well, Rusty was just getting it in the corner. I was running awful good in the straightaway, and uh, we elected to go for low downforce and straightaway speed, and worked pretty good, but uh, I think Rusty elected to go the other way, and it beat us today. How about the smoke that was coming out from the car? It seemed to dissipate toward the end of the race. What was that? you have any idea? Well, I think it's, uh, believe it or not, it's alternator smoke. We had a, some kind of a problem with the alternator overcharging, boiled all the fluid out of the, out of the battery, and we weren't quite sure if we could finish the race or not, but it wasn't any serious as far as uh, motor jeopardy. Just didn't know if we had enough juice to finish the race. Ricky Rudd equaling his best finish of the year. Eli Gold with another top finisher. Right, we were going to chat with Dale Jarrett. He's taking a few moments to get from his race car, but Ernie Irvin, a first at New Hampshire and a third at Pocono. Heck of a run today. Well, I didn't even know we were third, but uh, I think we're fourth. I correct myself. You are fourth. You're right. Yeah, I used to be a commentator, remember? <laughs> did a heck of a job, too. Now, tell us about the run early in the race. I mean, you came from the back to the front in a giant hurry. Well, I tell you, our car was, you know, really, really working good. And, you know, they had a heck of a motor in this thing. And, you know, it was easy to easy to pass. And, you know, we lost a little bit of it late into the race. Um, you know, just just couldn't really tell them what was wrong with it. Just wouldn't go, through, go as fast as it was going. So um, that's just what we, you know, probably cost us winning. This team, last few weeks, awfully, awfully tough. Are they doing anything different? You trying different setups, or is it just all of a sudden clicking? Well, I wish we could say that we we're doing something different, but really we're not doing any anything different than the beginning of the year. Um, you know, Larry's using kind of like a lot of the same setups that they ran last year, the year before when I was there. So um, just seems to be working. Ernie Irvin astutely pointing out that he did finish in the fourth spot. Let's go back upstairs. All right, so Ernie Irvin and Ricky Rudd finishing second and fourth today. Hope to get a word also with Dale Jarrett and Johnny Benson down in victory lane. Rusty Wallace climbing from his car and having a big time. We'll also hear from the winner of the Miller 500 in a few minutes' time. First, let's go back to Winston Kelly. Well, Dale Jarrett uh, is getting a cool drink of water right now. Eli Gold's over with Johnny Benson with his best ever Winston Cup finish. And in typical fashion, Johnny Benson dealing with his glasses, trying to pop a lens back in place. Congratulations, heck of a run today. 
Yeah, thanks. I'm glad them things didn't fall apart about two laps ago. I'd have been in trouble. <laughs> you always tell me, so you know what kind of a day you had, depending on how your glasses have done when it's all over. Well, that one's all right. Just the lens just fell out, so that was no no big deal there. I'm, I can still see. Talk about this run. Heck of a day for the Pennzoil team. Uh, Pennzoil Pontiac ran pretty good. and I tell you, we were junked first time we were here, and these guys... When they built a new car, we went to Loudon with it, and we weren't even going to bring it here. I said, man, we got to take that car, and and they did. I meant they're real flexible on what we want to do, and it's just a great team to work for. And obviously, the more you go, the more you come back to these tracks, the more seat time, the more comfortable you've got to be, too, I'm sure. Well, there's no doubt. Um, my downfall has always been being the first time there, so we're, we're pretty excited about um, going back for the second, third times to these tracks, and then I'm a day, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about today, so... Maybe we can come back and at least match that again anyways. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Johnny Benson, a strong fifth-place run. And again, Dale Jarrett, uh, not quite up to chatting at this moment, so let's go back upstairs. Let's go down to Victory Lane. I think uh, Rusty Wallace is ready to make his uh, speech down there. I'll guarantee he's ready to make his speech. Big smile on his face. Rusty, two completely different races in one for you today. Now, I'll tell you what, it really was. I uh, We made a lot of ground up early in the race. Got from 13th up to like 4th, 5th, 6th, something like that. Me and Gordon would kick along there pretty good, running good and then mowing the field down, I thought. And then I got a couple sets of tires that just kind of got real tight on me, and those guys just checked out. And that caution flag come out. I got the chassis working. Robin changed the air pressure a little bit, and it really helped the car. And then we just took off, and that last pit stop, we beat him out of the pits, and, all, and I had to pass Ricky then. And I got past him, and that was the key to the race. But then Jarrett got past him, and I was worried about that. Then the 10 car got past Jarrett again. So it was up and down, but the car really ran great. This is our, our own new design car, PC1 again. Uh, it, won, it won Michigan, now it's won Pocono, and I really thought it had Pocono one last time when I tore the clutch out of it. Looked to me like that coming off the tunnel turn down to number three, and through number three, that's where you had Ricky beat. Yeah, coming going into the tunnel turn, I was good there, and off the last turn, I was exceptionally good there. Ricky had me beaten turn one just a little bit, but as long as I can get him everywhere else, as long as I got two out of three, I was okay. Did you ever concern yourself with the fuel mileage? No, I, I did a little bit. Robin told me to start watching it, and then the caution flags flew a little bit, and that helped us. And uh, but it, you know, the cautions kept coming, and finally we got ourselves real safe. There's plenty of gas left, but uh, man, what a neat day! It's really cool. I like to thank Miller. Won the Miller 500, man. I can't believe it. I keep winning these Miller deals. Uh, Bosch, Mead, Mobile, Goodyear. The tires are perfect today. Makes me feel good because we're taking this same tire to the Brickyard 400, and I'm taking the same car to the Brickyard 400, so we're going to have something for them. Well, you've had two good weeks in a row. Yeah. If I can just get that qualifying effort a little bit better, it makes me work too hard during the race. But other than that, old car's a hot rod. Watch Rusty Wallace wins the Miller 500. And Rusty uh, having quite a, a joyous celebration there in victory lane. Again, his fourth victory of uh, 1996. The others coming back at Martinsville, Sears Point, and Michigan International Speedway. Wix Charity Challenge with Wix Filters donating $1 to the United Way for every lap that Bobby Labonte completes during the 1996 NASCAR Winston Cup season. Bobby finishing 168 laps today. So another 168 bucks to the United Way, over $4,236 now in the kitty for charity in the Wix Charity Challenge. Let us uh, go back down to the garage one more time and uh, see if we're going to be able to get a word with Dale Jarrett. A very weary Dale Jarrett is flying his Ford Thunderbird. Dale, how about today's runs? Well, we had a good run. Uh, his crew did a terrific job. Had a great car all day. Just felt like we should have won the race. That's the my felt like that uh, we had the car to beat and kind of got held up with some lap traffic and uh, you know that hurt me and got me too far back to, to make the pass that I needed at the end. But uh, 
you know, we gained some points on everybody, and, and that's the main thing. It seemed like, like we talked with Rusty Wallace, a couple of different races for you. The car was fairly strong at some points, but almost dominant at other points with a couple of other cars. Yeah, the tires made a difference, and the track kept changing. I think it's more that than the tires, and uh, you'd have to chase it to be a little loose one time and a little tight the next, and just took my car about six or seven laps to come in, and that's what hurt me there at the end. I know drivers hate to talk about ifs, but do you think if you had enough time, you had enough for Rusty Wallace? Well, I think so, but, you know, we're just glad uh, that a Ford won the race. Congratulate Rusty and Ricky ran good races. As I said, uh, it had been interesting to see. Second last weekend, third week this weekend for Dale Jarrett. And Dale Jarrett will uh, close some ground on the NASCAR Winston Cup Series point leader, Terry Labonte. Unofficially, Terry coming away for the day with 2,531 points to Dale Earnhardt's 2519. So that would be 12 points, the difference between the two. Unofficially at this point, the official standings come out tomorrow. We'll have them for you on our NASCAR Today program. Jeff Gordon will stay third with 2451. And uh, that would put him, let's see, uh, 49 and uh, 31. So about about uh, 60 points, 70 points, 80 points there behind the uh, race leader, the uh, series leader, Terry Labonte. And Dale Jarrett will be at uh, 2374 unofficially at the end of today's race. So we've heard from all of our top five finishers. Time for Barney and I to vote the Ray Bestis Break of the Race Award winner. $500 going to charity from Ray Bestis Breaks, the official break of NASCAR. Barney, i got to figure that that caution flag that allowed Rusty and everybody else to get a pit stop was uh, the biggest break of the day, good or bad for everybody. That was that was the key to the race. Well, it was the key to the race, and I, I think uh, since Rusty won it, we'll almost have to cast a vote in that direction because had that caution flag not come out, I think it would have come out a little bit different. I believe it would. Yeah, so the caution flag waving it. At, uh, lap number 160 that allowed everybody to get onto the pit lane being the break of the race for Rusty Wallace in a good manner and Rusty will see $500 donated to a charity in his name from Ray Bestis Breaks the official breaks of NASCAR as the break of the race award winner from here in Pocono. Also members of the media covering today's Miller 500 have voted the Goodies Headache Award of $1,000 to Bobby Hamilton and rightfully so swept up in a crash on lap number two that saw Hamilton finish this race in the 39th position completing only six laps so Bobby getting that $1,000 plus a donation to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina in the name of Bobby Hamilton from Goodies Headache Powders and Tablets. Also a couple of other post-race awards being passed out. The uh, RCA Pitt Strategy Award of $5,000 given to Ricky Rudd's crew chief, Richard Broom, for his efforts in getting them a runner-up finish today. And the Plasticoat winning finish award going to the winning crew chief today, that $2,000 to Robin Pemberton, the winning crew chief from Rusty Wallace's Miller Ford. And right now it is time for us to take a look at the finishing order from today's running of the Miller 500. Rusty Wallace is the winner. Ricky Rudd will finish second. Dale Jarrett comes home third. Ernie Irvin finished fourth. Johnny Benson was fifth. Sterling Marlin finished sixth. Jeff Gordon was seventh. Lake Speed ran eighth. Mark Martin ninth. Derek Cope finished tenth. Eleventh goes to Jeff Bodine. Jeremy Mayfield was twelfth. Thirteenth to Michael Waltrip. Fourteenth to Dale Earnhardt. Kenny Schrader finished fifteenth. Terry Labonte was sixteenth. Seventeenth to Morgan Shepard. Dick Trickle finished eighteenth. Ted Musk Grave was 19th, and Ricky Craven round out the top 20. 21st today to Bill Elliott with Ward Burton 22nd, John Andretti 23rd, Jimmy Spencer 24th, and Robert Presley 25th. 26th to Kyle Petty, Brett Bodine gets 27th. 28th position to Dave Marcus, Greg Sachs was 29th, and Rick Mast was 30th. 31st to Randy McDonald with Hunt Strickland 32nd, Wally Dallenbach 33rd, Joe Nemechek 34th, and finishing in the 35th position was Jeff Burton. 36th will go to Kenny Wallace, Bobby Labonte, 
gets 37th today with Bobby Hillen 38th, Bobby Hamilton 39th, Darrell Waltrip 40th, and Jeff Green 41st. Average speed of the race, 144.885 miles an hour, a new record for 500 miles in a Winston Cup race here at Pocono Raceway. There were only four cautions in the event. 12 different drivers changed the lead 23 times, and at the finish, 11 drivers were on the lead lap. Want to thank the voices you heard on our broadcast coverage from Pocono today, including Joe Moore, Kurt Becker, and Fred Armstrong, who covered things in the turns. Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Eli Gold in the pit and garage areas. Also thanks to Linda Cressman and Paul Horvath Jr. on the scoring loop. And as always, Paul Horvath, the leader of the Pennsylvania Posse, and all of his gang for all of their help in making our Pocono weekend possible today. Twelve points between Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt. The NASCAR Winston Cup standings unofficially headed to Talladega. Eighty points between Labonte and Jeff Gordon, and now just 157. Back to Dale Jarrett. Of course, Sterling Marlin going to be the man to beat when we get to Alabama next weekend. So for now, for Barney Hall, I'm Alan Bestwick saying so long from Pocono Raceway in Pennsylvania as we leave you saying congratulations to Rusty Wallace, the winner of the Miller 500. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.